Bam, we're live. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How come it's just me? Hi, Caleb. Where's the guest? <laughs> Good morning. Holy cow. Uh, this is... I, don't, I hope this isn't the kind of thing that I say over and over and over because I, um, I don't think it is. I am beyond excited. Usually when I'm really excited to have a guest on like Patrick Bed David or Don Fall or Al Jermaine Sterling or um, you, you know even people closer to home like uh, uh, Haley Adams, um, it, it, there's a bit of me that's like nervous that wants to run away. This is one of those first this is one of those guests where um I'm I'm beyond excited and and there was no urge to run away today. Like I really wanted to do it. There's a part of me that wants to run away from every single podcast. Minutes before we go live, I'm like, fuck, why am I doing this? And like my my whole fucking giant brain starts up and I just want to run away from doing the podcast. This guy that we're going to have on today there is uh there's there's two things going on here there's like a small business miracle that you're about to witness just like crossfit inc everyone those of you who have been indoctrinated into crossfit you know that it is the cure for the world's most vexing problem you know that the level 1 is the um uh manual to the human genome you know that if you do crossfit you follow the protocols of eating and movement you'll be inoculated from fucking everything 86% of all medical expenditure goes to chronic disease and you get inoculated by it and all that. And it's fucking great. And it's a community and it's holistic and you get support, but the small business miracle around CrossFit, which is super like overlooked like crazy. There's 15,000 gyms on all seven continents in 162 countries. And people don't realize that that is a crazy small business miracle. This guy you're looking at that just prop popped on right here. This is a guy who's doing what he absolutely loves to do. He's funny. He's crass. He's wise. But there's also a small business miracle. This, there's like this story of intense personal accountability and personal responsibility and self-belief here. And so I kind of want to manage both stories at the same time. I want to get the story of him, of, of what makes him confident enough to pursue this path. But I also want to touch on the part of it that's the inner child in me that's always loved just really crass humor. Uh, you, you know, as a child, I was obsessed with uh, uh, Abbott and Costello. Obsessed. Uh, so a lot of you probably don't even know who that is. Uh, but but it's a different path to wealth and success and freedom than Patrick Bed David took, who we had on as a guest. You know, he's worth several hundred million dollars. I think he's about to actually cross over the billion dollar mark. Uh, this is a different kind of story of this real uh, go getter success. Brad, hi, hi, what's up, brother? Um, I'm up. It's 10 a.m. I um I've had uh, a dozen comedians on the show, and uh. I'd say we're at a ninety percent failure rate. They are complete fucking depressed, messed, flop bunch of weirdos. Yeah, that's my experience. 
That's my experience. But I've watched just about everything I could get my hands on about you. And uh, it, it's interesting. And, and, you know, the two approaches with comedians, some some of your podcast hosts expect you to come on as um, the character that you portray on the Internet. And and then others just have a real conversation like the, um, you did that podcast with the guy uh, who was kind of the publication expert. Right. His whole podcast is around bringing people on who are self-publishers. Oh, yeah. Dale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you mind? I'd like to start. I'd, I'd like to start with this completely off topic. Uh, I'd like to start with this quote. Uh, usually I say this for my life calling shows, but I saw this yesterday. It's a quote from Ann Rand and I'd like to read it to you guys. I'd like to I'd probably read it on a bunch of podcasts. The smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. Ann Rand. I don't, I like I, it. I, Ayn Rand? Do you think I'm pronouncing her name right? I have no idea. Good. Okay. Good. I don't know who that is. Well, then you think I'm, then you must think I'm smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You. Yeah. You're coming off way smarter than me right now. <laughs> what? Um. How, will you pronounce your last name for me? Goss rhymes with boss. Bo- Goss. Uh. Our, our guest is Brad Boss. Brad Goss, and uh, he uh is hailing from uh, north of the United States where I reside. Uh, and and I, I want I want to show you three links real quick uh, before we get started. Caleb, do you see those three links? It says Big Black Hawk. Can you click those um, in order, starting with the YouTube? Uh, Brad, Brad, how many books have you written? How many books do you have published? One hundred and twenty-three. One hundred and twenty-three books published. His first book was in two thousand twelve. It was a bestseller. Uh, he took a hiatus, and then uh, Brad, three years ago, you you, you got back on the. But three right. years ago, he got back on the train and he published his next 122 books between three years ago and today. And uh, hang tight. This is. Do you have any idea what number um, this book is? Uh, Big Black Hawk. That's number 123. No shit. This is your most recent publication. Awesome. Okay. Here we. By the way, everything you're going to see is available. I think everything you're going to see is available on um, Amazon, Amazon uh, and they they come like this. They're 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 great books. I also, if you um, if you're a cheapskate like me, you can start finding copies of books where there's like here's 14 books in one. Um, okay, here we go. Brad, by the way, when YouTube set finds out that I stole this from you, please just pass on the copyright. Oh yeah, you're good. You're okay, good. good. <laughs> All right. All Action. the girls love my big black hawk. When they come to ride, he makes them all squawk. Big Black Hawk has a giant black head. Big Black Hawk only sleeps in my bed. Big Black Hawk scares the fellas, except my friend Jack. Big Black Hawk makes you jealous because he's so black. Black Hawk is Jack's most favorite ride, but I can't get Jack off until he's satisfied. My Big Black Hawk is available on Amazon. I love I love Jack. Uh, how long did it take to decide on the image of Jack? Is... Oh no, uh, no time. I uh, mean, did... I just you know, uh, I don't draw, so I have a cartoonist. I I basically just describe Jack to the cartoonist. You know, pencil, mustache, you know, scarf. You know, the, I kind of just described him. French Canadian homosexual. Exactly. God, I'd love to see your notes. I'd love to see your email. Do you talk to your artists or do you email them or both? So we Skype. We, we Skype. Have a, we, we Skype chat. Yep. Uh, you ever had an art? One, any of your artists be like, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing this. You've gone over the top." Yep. Wow. Yep. yep. 
I have moral boundaries. Yeah, they don't they don't work for me anymore. Um, <laughs> I had a I, I had I had this cartoonist. Uh, she was really good. Um, she was but she was like very strict Catholic, and uh, I can't even remember what I asked her to draw. I wish I could remember. I, it's like it was it was one of those like. Uh, um, it it was something religious, and I can't. It probably involved the Pope, and she was like, "Sir, I draw the line here." <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Uh. We will you show the the second link on um. It, we have it, it, they're all around the Big Black Hawk. These first three links, Caleb. This the second link from Instagram. <clears throat> okay. So, um, it, normally I don't jump ahead. I don't even let you guys know who the guest is, and we just start the interview. But this is like, I, I really want you to you guys to see what we're dealing with here. Of all, he has 123 books. I scoured his Instagram, and I never saw anyone read his content besides him. Is this the is this the first guy to ever? No, no, my no? my stuff gets read all the time, but this this particular. But I mean, where you uh, showcase it? Um, yeah, that's a little bit more rare. This guy reached out to me. He's a voiceover artist, and he was like, "Hey, if I you know if I send you a video of me reading the book, and I looked, I checked out his his Instagram. I'm like, oh god, this guy's got the voice for it. So he's, I said, yeah, you know, send it to me. I'll tag you, and I'd love to share it. And it's doing really well. So he, here is the same book with another artist um, giving their uh, rendition of it, uh, and, and his audience is uh, a little rude and keeps interrupting him. But uh, enjoy. Black. Hawk, all right? All the girls love my big black hawk. When they come to ride, he makes them all squawk. What's a squawk mean? That's when they make a noise. Big black hawk has a giant black head. Big black hawk only sleeps in my bed. Aren't they lucky? Mm -hmm. Big black hawk scares the fellas. Except my friend Jack, big black hawk. Makes you jealous because he's so black. Black Hawk is Jack's favorite ride. But I can't get Jack off until he's satisfied. Yeah, you like that? It's called my Big Black Hawk. Do you have a Big Black Hawk? I do have a Big Black Hawk. I'll show it to your mother at our parent-teacher conference. Everyone's going to be happy. All right. It's nap time now. My Shout out to Marcellus Shepard. That was... he's amazing marcellus shepherd uh let's cue him up as a guest yeah uh and and, and finally we click the third link down there I, I forget what this is this just might be a still photo of the book i, I want to make sure everyone got to see oh so uh, on top of that now this is what's important also it, this guy is a one-man wrecking crew he, um we'll get into all the 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 accessories he has um a marketer would be like oh he's such a great promoter I, I i just don't see it that way i just see it as um he loves his books and he has all of um his books have accoutrement like you saw one was the guy reading it he has jingles before he ever um of all 123 books um i'll show you some of the videos before he starts reading them online a jingle plays and i, I here's a just a, a little you know, another, this is like the, um, the purse of the book. Here we go. Every, every book has something like that. Also, it, it, this guy is, um, he's like an animation 
publishing. He's just a, 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 a you're a publishing house of of some sorts. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. T- tell me. Tell me. Um, do you ever? La- how do you label yourself? What do you identify with, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> it depends who I'm talking to. I usually say comedian, um, but it's it's one of those weird things where when you say that people always want you to entertain them immediately they're like well tell me a joke you know and so i try i don't know i I haven't quite figured out how i identify but to me this is you know it's it's a business um humor is the product um i create the humor and i sell the humor when what what's a bit when you say business what do you mean um, something for you to put food on your table yeah i do it for the money you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to pretend I'm an artist. Uh, you know, I hire artists. I write comedy. Um, but I, this is a business first. Um, you know, I publish humor books and I have a social media uh, outlet to promote those humor books. And I go viral a lot because the, the content of the books are funny. It, but, you know, it's a business. Yeah, I don't. I, okay. Uh, uh I don't believe you. Here, here's why. Here's why I don't believe you. you. I don't think someone can put as much energy into some. I don't think it's a business first. I don't think someone can put as much energy into what you're doing. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and money it's be the 100% goal. It's hundred percent aligned with me inside. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, but but you know, I'm forty. I'm turning forty nine next month, right? So I, you know, I was an entrepreneur long before this and always a funny person to my friends. And and then at one point I realized I could align the two and, you know, and, and, and that's what happened. But it's still to me, like if there was no money, I wouldn't do it. Oh, understood. Understood. You know what? But, you but hear, then you it hear some still- artists that are like, I would do it in a cardboard box. That's not me. I'd be, I'd go work at Chrysler, you know, <laughs> whatever. Oh, have you ever had a nine to five job? Uh, no. Well, um, in my early twenties, a couple times. Yeah. What did you do? I worked, uh, in telemarketing. Uh, I managed my dad's furniture store for a couple of years and then uh, became an entrepreneur. Uh, never fast food. Uh, I worked in a restaurant, but not fast food. I worked in a 24 hour, uh, diner as a dishwasher. Um, oh, I, I washed dishes at a pizza place. Um, uh, what was the other job? I was just going to ask. You've had another job. Oh, parking cars. Did you ever park cars? No. Yeah, I parked cars too. That's kind of a cool job because there, there's camarad- a lot of camaraderie. I bet. You know, there's like 10 of you dudes and you're just, everyone's just running. Yeah. Um, You're born, where were you born in Canada? Toronto. And what did your parents do? My dad sold cars. My mom uh, was a nurse. And... Um, are they, are both your parents still alive? Yep. What, what do they think about, um, were they concerned when you sort of went off on this, that, that how you were going to make a, li- and you have a daughter, right? Beautiful daughter. I have uh, twins. Yeah. Twin- oh, awesome. I have twins cool. too. How old? Uh, five. Okay. Mine I have two. Turned 13. Wow. Congratulations. I have two. Uh, oh, hence the picture of one of the girls making the other girl look small on the staircase. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. Um, and uh, w- what did your parents think? You have two daughters. Um, 
they know you have to support your kids. Do they get concerned when you, when you're, what did you do right? But what did you have a nine to five at three years ago as you transitioned into this? No, I've been an entrepreneur since I was uh, 24 CEO since 24, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and um, did, were they ever concerned going back to when you're 24? Like, hey, Brad, you really need to get a job like at Starbucks so you can have health insurance and you can start paying into your whatever your social security and all and all that stuff. No, I, I'm I'm very lucky. I'm an only child, and my parents were were my mom especially was very encouraging of you know do what you want, do what you love, don't compromise. Um, so no, I never had that. Um, I've seen other people who have that upbringing and they have a lot of self doubt. I'm very lucky, you know, I, I'm to a fault. Maybe I was told, you know, I was special. And, um, I guess that's a uh, common theme. And a lot of people who come on the show, they have someone in their life that believes in them. Yeah. And, and I used to talk about that a lot. Both my mom and my, I was raised by my mom and my sister. I saw my dad on the weekends, but both my mom and my sister always believed in me. And I felt that like crazy felt that. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a different, you know, it's a different thing when that happens, right? When people around you believe in you, you want to live up to their belief. And right. Believe, and if you believe in you, it's easy. Uh, to get out, an, another issue I had um, as a wannabe comedian is uh, being able to being able to say things that I think that might have offended my mom. Things that I didn't that I didn't think my mom wanted to hear uh, come out of my mouth. So when you publish something like Big Black Hawk, you just have to push that. And, and now my mom listens to my podcast nonstop, and it's like I'm like, holy cow! I can't believe she's taking this. I can't believe I'm not getting in trouble every time I get off the air, even at fifty. Um, and she just usually gives me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, or sometimes she'll be like, hey, right. you need to turn down the, the swearing a little bit. But like all the vagina jokes and penis jokes and all that stuff. She just, just kind of flowed with just tolerates, but I didn't know it took me 50 years to figure out that I could, I could do that. I could say it. I didn't just have to sit around with the boys and make these jokes while watching UFC. Right. Did you have a moment where you're like, okay, fuck it. I'm not going to worry about what my mom thinks or what my dad thinks. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Oh Uh, shit. You know, my, why did it take me 50 years? My, you know, my, you know, the, my whole life, I've always just kind of done my own thing and been, you know, uh, on the on the on the outside of, of what other what normal people are doing. Um, you know, every business I've done, everything I've done has been weird. So nothing shocks my family. <laughs> like there's nothing, and the fact that that I'm, if anything, if anything, I'm sure. I, I mean, I haven't talked to my parents about this specifically, but if I asked them, they would probably say, "Yeah, this makes sense. What you're doing." Like, seems seems about right. And you have a girlfriend, wife, yeah, wife. Yeah. Um, it, you told a story. 18, in, nineteen days, been married for nineteen days. Oh shit! Congratulations. Thanks. You guys live together. Yeah. Oh shit! A lot of big steps here. I know you Canadians do stuff kind of funny, like you guys might get married but not move in together. You guys think out of the box. That I don't. I'm, I don't know anybody who does that. All right. Well, I made it up. Uh, it sounds. It sounds like something you could say about Canadians, and everybody would believe you. So you should just keep saying it. Good. I think it would be great. Uh, w- when you were when you were growing up, did you play sports as a kid? No. What were your What were your hobbies as a kid? What, what did you do to pass the time? What kind of extracurricular stuff did your parents um, 
put you in from let's they, say seven to 18? They didn't put me in anything. I was an only child. Um, uh, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So when I was, when I was uh, nine years old, my toy of choice was a box of old wire clippings from electrical work and switches and things. And I would just like, you know, fiddle with them and rewire them, twist, twist wires together and cut my fingers on strands of copper. Wow. And would you pretend like their stuff too? Like, would you pretend like they were spaceships and they would fight and stuff like that? Yeah. I had Lego as well when I got, a, you know, when I got older and I, I definitely did that, but you know, it was, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, there weren't, there were no like, karate lessons or you know i think they put me in soccer for like a half a year um and uh i bet a hundred dollars brad is a fan of rush false okay um my mom also put me in soccer it was the only sport that i ever played growing up organized soccer i was the worst kid on the team i was the i cried every game because some other kid would push me down um and after a year uh, i think the last game of the season i actually enjoyed it and and then my mom never signed me up for season two. So I went through like a whole season of just fucking hell. And then that was it. I never liked sports. It's, it's never been my thing. Just, uh, I can't watch it. I can't relate, you know, and, and uh, I always find it interesting when some dude starts talking to me and just assumes I know why the Blue Jays traded so-and-so last month or whatever. <laughs> you know? uh it, it, no sports how, how about ufc it's a little it's a, it's kind of fringe fringe no no uh it, it, funny enough i have a lot of ufc fighters as fans for some reason like when i yep. see all the verified accounts that follow me it's a lot of ufc fighters um so you know um it's just not it's just not for me like and 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 i mean if i think if i was going to get into a sport it, it would probably be if it was going to be anything it would either be that or maybe basketball but it's just not I don't, I don't know. I get bored watching competitive stuff. Do you get anxious if you're working on anything besides your, uh, besides working? Do you start to get anxious? No, no. Um, I mean, if I go, if, if I'm, I'm pretty good at like, if I have an idea, I, I, you know, I stop to put it down and, and that kind of allows me to just, go back to the moment so sometimes if you know like ideas if i don't put down my ideas you know i'm sure this happens to you you have an idea and you're like oh i gotta rem i'm gonna remember that and then a few hours later you're like shit what was that idea i kind of you know i always want to make sure i'm i'm if i have a joke idea i write it down or a book idea i put it in my notes and then i can just go back to whatever i'm doing uh, a few hours how about a few minutes i'll come up with these ideas I'll be like, okay, I need to make this video right now, but then I'll do something else like wash my hands, go pee, kiss my kid, and the okay. idea is gone. I'm like, gone. what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, e even when I got out of the shower uh, today, um, I, I ran to uh, my notes for the show, and I hand wrote one down in here. Uh, make sure you tell Brad that he can come on the show. At the end of the show, make sure you tell Brad he can come on and promote anything ever, always. I like that. So look, I got that off my chest. Do you do any movement now? Do you do any training now? Do you sweat every day? I walk every day. You do? Yeah. Uh, Same route? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. We live in a nice area, so we walk, you know, the whole sort of, uh, you know, um, it's a it's a wooded path, usually. Um, but, but saying that, um, over the last couple of months, I've been doing kettlebells a bit more. Look at um, you. 
you know, uh, um, I'm realizing that like I'm turning, I'm turning 49. I don't want to be 50 years old and be sore. Um, you know, and, and, and I, and I've been, I've been conscious of some stuff like, you know, I'm six foot five. No shit. Yeah. So, so, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm putting on some weight and I see, like, I see video of myself on stage and I see this old man with a giant gut and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Right. You know? Right. And so I'm starting to become a bit more conscious of it. Like, do, you know, maybe I need to get a personal trainer. Maybe I need to like, I have a, I have a, you know, 45 pound kettlebell within, you know, arm's reach right here. And so, you know, oftentimes, uh, I'll be watching a, a you know a YouTube video or something, and I'll just pick it up and start you know doing stuff with it while I'm watching a video. So I'm I'm be I'm conscious of it, but I'm not I'm not putting in the effort like I like I put into my business. Yeah, uh, forty five sounds heavy uh, for a guy who doesn't train. J- just as a just as, I mean, if I had one here, I would probably use like a twenty. And I work out all the time, but I would probably keep like a twenty five pound kettlebell. How'd you choose forty five? I have a twenty five. Mm-hmm. I use the twenty five for single arm. I use the forty five for swings. Yeah, I, I'm I'm five five. I'm like I'm I'm like a little man compared to you, like a little version of you. Yep, six five. My goodness, don't laugh, Caleb. Are you surprised he's so big, Caleb? Yeah, six five is huge. I I, I include tall in my privilege stack. I was wondering why his ceiling was so close to his head. No, it makes sense. Ah, uh, what 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 room is that? Are you underground? Are you are in you my, in a yeah. basement? Yeah, I'm basement comedian. How many hours a day do you spend down there? Eight. I put in a nine to five pretty much every day, or five days a week. My These... my wife works nine to five, so I, I I kind of follow her schedule. She takes a day off, I take a day off. She works, I work. Um. Yeah, that's nice. How did you guys meet? Um, we met in high school. We dated in high school, married other people, got divorced, and met up in our forties. Uh, did you like her in high school? Yeah, we we dated for three years in high school. Oh, okay. And then met, and then separated. Got met. Did you stay in contact with her uh, during your marriage? A little bit. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. I, I have a similar I have a similar story to that. It wasn't in high school, but very early on in college, I met this girl. We dated for probably three years, then we parted ways, and and now I'm married to her. But I give myself credit for being with her for all those years. So like when people are like, "How long you been together?" I'm like, "Twenty five years." Nice. It it took me five years to have intercourse with my wife. Wow. Five fucking years of courting. I wrote a screenplay. It's called Five Years to Fornication. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> what if it was disappointing after five years? Oh, that would have sucked. Imagine? Yeah. Put in all no, the work and then I refuse like I refuse to imagine. Yeah, uh, it, it it's weird to it's it's it is weird to be with her now knowing that that was the right one all along. It is weird, isn't it? Like in a good way, weird, but it's weird. Are you I gonna have I, any more kids? I just no, no. The, um, they're her, they're her kids from a previous marriage. So no uh, kids of your own. No. Okay. No. But I consider these two my daughters. Like, they're awesome, and 
I've, you know, I've been in there. I've been, uh, we just got married, but I've been in their life for like four years. We've been living together for a while. And, and they know what you do. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're embarrassed of me. They don't want me to come to their school because the kids know who I am. And <laughs> that's me. I'm the Mike Hunt guy. Is this guy based on you? No. No. Okay. 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 <laughs> that was a, you know, that book um, was book number 121, I think. Okay. And uh, that book was a throwaway. That was never supposed to be the the runaway hit that it was. I mean, that was just I've been I I've been sitting on that idea for seven, 16, 17 months. Isn't it weird that that seems like your most obvious book, and yet no one had done it on planet Earth? I know. I I and it was like I I'm not joking when I say it was a throwaway. Like I you know I. I sort of consider my stuff like punk rock children's books, right? So it's like, you know, they've they've always kind of been a bit, you know, like they're not necessarily, I don't want to be political, but they're social, you know, and 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 I like to kind of agitate the social a little bit. The, you know, the the race and the and the gender and the, you know, the only fans and all, all the things in our pop culture. Um, but um for for some reason that you know, this like this was kind of like the you know, my, my cartoonist was like, Hey, I need some work. I'm like, uh, all right, draw these pictures. And the, like, I never saw this book taking off. You know, I've, I've had other books run away, but this book ran away 10 times greater than any other book ran away. E- even when you read it, even when it came out, you, you still didn't like, you still didn't know. I did. When I, when I read it on TikTok, they, they flagged it for community guidelines as they do. And I appealed it and I waited two days and then they put it back up. And then when they put it back up, it was like, you know, first hour, hundred thousand views, second hour, 300,000 views. I was like, okay, this is now I see something happening. And it got up the next morning and it was like 1 million, 1.3 million or whatever. You know, now it's like six and a half million. And I think 600 women have duetted that video. So the number of views on the duets out, outpaced the number on my actual video. Um, when how do you know it's 600 women and not um like men i've watched i've watched every duet wow <laughs> I've, seen, I've watched them all it, it, i read so, every comment i watch every duet if you interact with me on the internet i've seen it um so, uh, men don't duet it some of them do yeah but over so there's like over 600 duets or maybe i can't remember last time i checked it was like 590 duets and that was a couple days ago right um so I'm assuming it's over 600, but like out of those duets, 95% of them were women. Like very few of them were men. Wow. Um, interesting. So, and they loved it. Do you and know, I, do you know what your fan base is? Do you like uh, when, when I, whenever I see stats about this show, it's like 70% male. So it's funny. My, up until recently, my audience was 60% female. And then, um, over the if I'm going to be honest, year this- it was, um, uh, it became 70% male, like over the last year. I mean, you really, really speak to the well, you speak to both sides. It's kind of like The Simpsons. When I watched it as a kid, I didn't get half the jokes or Family Guy, right? It, it's even, even that movie Shrek. 
you watch it like I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, this isn't appropriate. I'm in the theater with my kids or some kids. I'm like, this isn't appropriate for kids. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. They don't get this shit. No, it's over their heads. Yeah. Or Bugs Bunny. The old Bugs Bunnies. When I watch them, I'm like, this motherfucker's on acid. My my fan base is it, it's it's all over the place. It's 15 year old boys and it's 40 year old women, mm-hmm. you know, 50 year old women. It's it, you know, it's dudes in their thirties with, with tats and beards. Like it's all over the place. You know, I was I, like, I went to McDonald's on Saturday to get coffee and I'm standing there waiting for my, you know, I mobile ordered it and I walked in, I'm standing there waiting for it. And there were these four teenage boys, you know, and they were just like, they, they were making a lot of noise and then they kind of got quieter and quieter. And I looked and they were all over on their phones and they were trying to find me. And then I just heard them say, ask him, ask him. And then as I grab my coffees, I head to the door and they're standing in front of the door staring at me. And one kid holds up my profile picture. He's like, is this you? You know, and I'm like, yep. And they're like, oh, can we get a picture? I'm like, sure. You know, and took a picture. And so, so like, you know, and, and if I'm honest, like I couldn't be happier. Like, sure. You know, Recognize for your work. I, but, but like at 49 to be relevant to 15 year old boys, it's like tough crowd. They're going to retire me. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm doing well now when, when they have, you know, when they have like jobs and disposable income, they're going to fill theaters for me, you know? So that's, I, that's the audience I want to cultivate. I don't want the geriatrics. I don't want the old people. They're going to die soon. They're running, you know, they're, they're going to like, I don't want their, I don't want them as fans. Um, Elaine wants to know what a duet is. So on TikTok, um, you can look, you can make a video of you next to somebody else's video. So you can, so, and so what a lot of people do with a duet is they do a blind react. Someone will, someone will tag a friend in my video of me reading a book and they will, rather than even watch the video, they'll just duet it, which means they can watch it and film themselves watching it at the same time. So you get these kind of reactionary videos and it's like a side by side split screen. of. That's how I've always heard them reference yeah. reaction videos. Yeah. There you go. Side by side. Yeah. Duet allows you to post your video side by side with a video from another creator on TikTok. A duet contains two videos in a split screen that play at the same time. Keep in mind, you must have a public account to allow others to duet your videos. Um, Brad, do you get annoyed w- uh, when people give you suggestions? No, um, but I ignore them um, because I can't I can't put myself in a situation legally where uh, you know, I appear to be accepting submissions or I, you know, it, it, because then someone's going to come looking for, you know, their cut of whatever. So um, people do make suggestions often. If you slide into my DMs with a suggestion, I'm not going to respond to you. I probably, you know, like even as soon as I see that you're making a suggestion, I just I delete the like I don't even want to because I can't appear to be influenced by your ideas. So I have to be careful with that. Um, le- like, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there's part of me that knows there's litigation at the end of taking suggestions. So I don't. So, so I saw a suggestion just now pop up in the comments. Uh, uh, h- how would I share that with you? Don't. <laughs> don't. Uh, maybe I have to do it like subliminally. Like I ever, ta- like I'll talk about, um, I could ask it to you in a question. Have you ever, um, you're a big, here we go. Let me see if, if yeah. I can slip this in here without it being a suggestion. You're a big man at six five, so your range of girls that could be spinners in your life is larger than mine. Yeah, right. Yeah. So for me, a spinner has to be like, uh, like a, 
small Filipino girl. You could be my spinner. I could be your spinner. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I think that may have been the suggestion in the comments that <laughs> someone says you should make a book where you're a spinner. Someone, you assholes. Mm-hmm. This is my show. We make fun of him, not me. Uh, this is what happens. Okay. Cheryl the spinner. Um, uh, Let's you you said you you just now you you mentioned uh re- retiring you um and and you alluded to the fact that there could be a movie in the works. Could you hit that clip? I think it's um on the first page. It says a movie question mark. Are are you working on a on a movie, Brad? I'm not working on a movie. When I said theaters, I meant uh for live uh, broadcast. Oh yeah, yeah, this okay. is the uh there's my spinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor guy. <laughs> script uh, movie no no um that was a joke um but uh um we're i'm not making a movie about racist robots um i'm making a book about racist robots that are um keeping white privilege alive uh, for us um but but no uh i'm i am working on like a like a like a half hour pilot show but not for a network or anything like that i'm i'm not i'm not really seeking and i'm not so when i say i'm not seeking i'm uh, like i'm not looking for uh, a publisher i'm not looking for a network i'm not looking for a studio i'm not looking for an animation you know what i mean like I, my stuff's so weird i gotta be vertically integrated i gotta self-publish i gotta self you know everything so i'm looking at making like a 22 minute you know children's te- like children's style program like a mr rogers type thing where like i have puppets i've ordered custom puppets of some of my characters um i have like a, here i'll show you i've never seen him step into the back like that i've, I've had some claymation stuff made like this is cucumber curtis um you know uh, my, one of my characters so i'm 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 slowly kind of putting together the pieces of what what will become a pilot of like a a, you know a kids program for adults so th- think of it like you know peewee herman meets Pornhub. uh i i once again I, I bring up the fact that i don't believe you that this is a business but you, you kind of kind of helped me integrate that but just let me beat up on you a little bit yeah do it this guy it. this guy you will scroll through his instagram and you will see how much he's not afraid to try he has tried so many things, so many fun things. Now, of course, there's some themes that, that there's – Um, it's not like you start to understand him and you start to understand his body of work and you recognize, hey, it's Brad. But but he's tried a ton of stuff, and here we are again. He's trying – he's he's talking about making a pilot, but who's he doing it for? He's not doing it for a network. He's not doing it for a movie theater. Like – it's like you only know the entrepreneurial way, which I, I have to believe comes out of passion. What's like something like, I don't know, something, something in you the money. I do it, it for the money. It's, it's some pathology you have that has to get out. I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I just kind of like, and this is just I'm, I like, you know, there's with me, there's no layers. I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not. I'm, I'm never been more honest with who I am than, than, than this moment. You know what I mean? So when I, when I tell you I do this for the money, the ideas are, the ideas are there, but it, but it's like, 
the money created the created the space for me to have the 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 creativity and have the freedom to do the stuff but i wouldn't be doing it if i if if all my energy was sucked away at a job right i I, i'm not going to be doing this you know what i mean i'm i just wouldn't be doing this at night like it like so you know really okay then let's let's talk about your first book then not the one in 2012 but the one three years ago Mm -hmm. tell me about the very first book the build up up to it like maybe the week before the month before can you tell me the origin story of the first book well the first book was the birth of all the books the first book was it was called daddy drinks and 99 other children's books that never made it and it was essentially the the book each page was the cover of a book right it was just another idea for a children's book and um that because that came from i had a company called vector tunes was a clip art company um and uh i was making some facebook ads one day and i and i took some of the clip art and i was like uh you can do anything with vector tunes even make children's books and it was like a really crass you know children's book cover and that um those ads did fairly well you know and they got they i i and i could tell by kind of the whenever i put something out on social media i can tell even you know if even if i only spend 5 dollars on a facebook ad i can tell okay, this, this was something, you know, there was a bit of buzz. And so, and then my friends were like, oh my God, this is really funny. Can we, can we, can we buy these books? And then I was like, oh, you know, and I, I put out this book of the covers and it didn't actually do very well. And I think I only sold like a hundred, maybe 50 or a hundred copies of this book um, when I first published it. And then, um, so, th- so essentially I came up with a hundred, you know, bad children's book ideas. And I did that in a weekend and I designed these, you know, on my Mac with, you know, clip art. Like I didn't have any custom art done. I didn't, you know, I just designed the idea. It just threw them together, Frankenstein, some clip art and, and made these things. And then you personally did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I've, software did you use? Is it something in Adobe? Uh, no, I use a, uh, use an app called comic life. It's like okay. a $30, $30 app. It's available Mac and windows. And I use it to put all my books together. Um, it, it's, you know, it allows you to kind of drag in cartoons and put bubbles and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, so then I started doing TikToks. you know, my, my kids told me about TikTok, and I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me try this out. And I, I, I was still just an entrepreneur with a business, but I always wanted to be a comedian and always wanted to try and find a way to turn comedy into, into, you know, money. Um, and so I made a, I made a TikTok where I said, my children's books keep getting rejected by my publisher. Tell me why you think this one did. And then I would just show the cover, just pull out the, you know, the cover and show the cover. Um, and I showed them why daddy hits mommy and it got a million and a half views on TikTok. And I just read the comments and all the comments were the same. Read this book to us. And I hadn't written it. So I wrote it, I wrote it like Dr. Seuss style. And, uh, and then I held up the cover and I just read it uh, like a poem. And they were like, why can't we see the pages? Well, I hadn't, just, you know, had, and then, and then it just hit, you know, okay, they want to, they want this to be a book. So then rather than, you know, so then, so then I put the pages together, published the book, waited for it to be in hand. And then I read the book to them and then the book started selling. And that was it. That was like, show me how to make a dollar and I will turn that in. Like, I, you know, I will mine the, I will mine that to death. And that's what I did, you know, just, that book was the blueprint for every future thing. It was like, make a book, get the book, read the book, sell the book. That was it. 
there's here's something that's another theme in Brad's life. You're going to notice um, the conventional wisdom is don't listen to anyone, um, be your own person, blah blah blah, all this stuff. And this guy leans into everything. If you if you talk shit to this guy on the internet, he leans into it. He does what boys, healthy boys do in the locker room. We sit around and we make fun of each other, and it's your it's your friend's way of telling you that they like you, and it actually feels good. Like I, I know it's hard when I was 16 when people made fun of me for being short and having a huge nose, but now it's like I, I, I just feel, I, I'm an alchemist. I just turn that shit into love. He listened to the people, and you'd be like, well, yeah, of course it was all positive. What's he do with negative shit? Well, we let me give you an example of that too. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is so. I, you know what I do in my comments on YouTube? If someone, I turn everything into a your mom joke. Oh yeah, I do that too. Hey, you should quit, Sevon. You suck. I, yeah, that would give me more time to fuck your mom. Thank you. Right, right. Um, I always like to ask the question, uh, you know, who, you know, did your dad love you too much or not enough? Right, right. Did he, hu- did he hug you for too long or too short? Right. Uh, I also, you, you also do the same thing that you recognize that for every finger that they have pointed at you, they have four pointed back at themselves. So when you, someone says, points to you as being a pedophile and you had no pedophile intentions in it, it's like, oh shit, this person just fucking outed themselves. Right, right. Uh, Don't put here, me on a pedestal with your dad. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things to say to people. Uh, Brad, th- this, uh, I don't know where these comments are from, but he posts them and says, it's not my job to listen to anyone. I'm a comedian. I make laughs. I don't change votes. Then the response is you don't have a response or sorry. It says you do have a responsibility to listen to people of color. That's what woke talk. Uh, re- that's woke racist talk when talking about their issues, their issues. I, I, and this person's fucking profile pick is a white cartoon character, by the way. Yeah. And then Brad enemy. responds. Go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say it's an anime profile picture. And then Brad responds, I don't talk issues. I write dirty poems with cartoons. Don't put me on a pedestal with your dad. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Eat a dick. Yeah. Lower your expectations when consuming my content. Did you did you have a um or don't or just recognize like, hey, this is like a wisdom book. If you're projecting shit onto it, take a moment to realize, hey, where, where, where's that coming from? It's like yeah, when someone I, screams, that person's a racist. I'm like, did you see their KKK mask? Did you yeah. see the swastika on their back? Well, I'm sorry. I didn't see anything racist there. What, what did you see that was racist? Did you go into their closet and find their manifesto on to kill all Armenians? Like, what, like I, what? I think, well, I think people are really there's, I think, I think the definition of racism for the, for, for a lot of people has stretched way beyond, you know, it's like, we're looking for subtleties now that never existed before. You know, do you know I mean? why like, we're doing that? Why? Why do you think we're doing that? I want to hear you go first. (laughs) I just think we're doing it because because we're so agitated and things have gotten like, you know, like I, I, I know there's racism. And but but when you're not racist and people are constantly trying to label you as racist, which is me, um, I, I realize that it that it's just because there's there's so little of it out there because you know we've 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 you know like you look at Kanye you know what i mean he he said something that he shouldn't have said and boom deplatformed so we we take you now and we deplatform you when you say anything racist so now everybody's now they're trying to figure out the most subtle form of racism they can attack in you because it's all that's left you you were you were going to say the exact same reason that i know 
in my dogmatic, arrogant way. There's so little of it in the outside world and so much of it in some people's inside world yeah. that they were demanding to see it. There was it's, it's basically econ- economics. Right. They were demanding that car's black. It, it, that's racist. You culturally appropriated our. Co- I mean, right, they're just right. they're starved because they're so frustrated that they still are racist inside that they're demanding to see an outside world. It's it's what it, the basic example is. You're hungry. That's an inside feeling, right? That you think is real, and you act on it, and you go to the refrigerator and eat a handful of nuts, right? It, it's you you have a racist thought. You're not aware of it. And then so then you start to demand to see it in the outside world to validate your fucking existence. And then and then you demand that we validate that shit with you. It's crazy. But I think a lot of people think they're actually helping the world. Yes. By by yes. yelling at by yelling at yes. the funny man on the internet and saying, You you can't say because the problem is, right? I'm like and I I talk about this on stage all the time. I'm I'm a white, middle aged, cisgendered, Canadian male. What's that mean? What's that mean, cisgendered? It means I I'm I'm a male. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a single gender. I'm not fluid. I'm not you know. Cisgender. You have a penis. It means you have a penis. Well, you can have a penis and not be cisgendered. But and 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 don't get me wrong. Like so I'm confused. I'm all like I'm a, I'm a, I'm not I'm not one of these people who's like you know I don't believe in pronouns. Like I'm totally down with all of that stuff. Like I'm not you know one of these people who's like anti woke or pro woke or either either way. But I think people take everything to extremes, and I think some people think they're helping the world by yelling at the funny man on the internet because of some subtlety that they decided that was racist and it's all they got, you know? And so that's the, that, but it's like, you're not actually out doing anything. You're not actually, you know, volunteering for some anti-hate crime organization or, you know, I don't see you scrubbing swastikas off of synagogues. I see you in my comment section yelling racist in all caps. And if you think that's helping the world, you're human garbage. Uh, I, I want to play the Mike Hunt book, but I can't drop this. So let, let me let me throw this out there. I, I hear you about people take things to too much of extremes. I hear you. And and I and I my Canadian friends who I've had on the show a lot. I, um, I, I think it would be fair to say that Canada is a little more socialist than the United yeah. States. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they think the metaphor I'll use is that Canadians think it's okay not even true. I'm being using broad sweeping generalizations. Let's just say some people think it's okay. If the government puts this little bit of um, their penis in your ass, just a tiny bit. It's okay. It's for the greater good of humanity. I get it. Cause I used to be there. Let, 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 let some black kids in school who did, who didn't do as well as some of the Asian kids because and, and call it affirmative action, change the name of it. Don't call it judging people by their don't call it what it is racism i get it i used to be there i was in college i was a dirt torland hippie the problem is is it sets pre- they've changed the word from it being racist hey we're going to use we're going to like they should just be honest and say hey we're using racism to try to do some good instead they switch the name to affirmative action are you familiar with that i don't know if you guys have that in canada it's not a thing well it it's not really affirmative action is not specifically a thing here but okay I it's, mean, it's a but huge in california these do have quotas Okay, yeah. In California, in the school system, it's been here forever. I mean, as long as I can remember. And um, and there was even a black guy on the school on the on the California um, uh, UC California system. That's the largest uh, college institutions in the world. You see the California college institutions, you know, UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, all that shit, UC San Francisco. And there was a black guy there who was against affirmative action because he called it racist and people fucking hated him. But but flash forward and that. That little bit that we let them put in our butt, 
they've now shoved the whole finger in there because of something that I think oh, the term is called precedent. And so I, I hear you that we, we don't want to be extreme. Um, but it seems like everywhere we've let a little bit of precedent come in, um, that that's what led to the issue. Like there was a, there was a denial of what we were really doing. We were being racist and judging people by the color of their skin to let them into the UC system. And now overtly in New York city, they let blacks get their COVID shots before whites. I mean, it's, I can't even fucking believe it. And then, and then what do they have, Brad? Do they have like a strip of paper that's like black and white and then all the colors in between and they, and they hold it up to your skin and they're like, Hey, if you're, if you're this or, or darker, you get to get your shot. And if you're not, and how about Indians? Most of the Indian guys I know are darker than black dudes, but they don't get to be black dudes. I mean, the, because, because it has nothing to do with skin color. It has to do with culture. The whole thing is just a fucking mess. The metrics we're using is just right. Are you following me kind of on this shit show? No, no, uh, no, but but it's where I live. It's different. Um, you know, where I live, um, you know, vaccinations were not, Canada is a bit different. You know, we don't have, um, we, we do still have some segregated neighborhoods. We do still have some, you know, some areas, you know, are, are definitely, you know, um, populated with more of one race than another. And, you know, even where I live, the, the, you know, I live in a, in a, in a fairly, um, uh, upscale neighborhood in, in the greater Toronto area. You How know, long have you owned that house? I've uh, been here for uh, four years. Damn, life's good. And um, uh, where I live, it's mostly, uh, you know, brown people, Indians. Uh, you know, I think there's, on my street, I think there's three white people. Um, you know, because but, brown people, by the way, are rich as shit. Because yeah, yeah. in the United States, they make an average of hundred thousand dollars a year, where white people only make sixty thousand. Because they're motivated, they work yes. hard, and the, and, and culturally, they, you know, yeah. But it's not their skin color; it's their culture. It's it's always culture. It's never right. about skin color. It's right. we, you know, we we need to make it about skin color because we can see it. Okay, we agree. Yeah, but um, but well, that's I think that's what what people do, right? They make it about skin color because I can't see your culture. I don't right. know. I don't know. Who, you know what your household is like, or I don't know what kind of food smells are coming out of your kitchen. Um, so I, I judge you based on skin. But here in Canada, vaccinations, all that kind of stuff, they were they were rolled out unanimously in in all neighborhoods at all the same. You know what I mean? There was no, well, let's go here first. Right. You know, I was just using that yeah. as an example. Like, right. Th- things here are very like. I I don't know. I I think things here are pretty good. In terms of of how we deal with with multiculturalism, Canada's a, Canada's a huge melting pot, huge melting pot, huge. especially yes. where I live. And I'm I'm okay. Like I'm not, you know. I know there are some white people who have moved further and further north to get away from, you know, this because Canada, Toronto specifically is like a landing zone. There's an airport here, international airport. A lot of people land here, and then they they go 20 minutes away and get a place. You know, they don't go very far from the airport. So. Um, so it's a melting pot and a lot of white people don't like it. I'm okay. I'm cool with it. Like I'm, I'm not bothered by, you know, different races in my neighborhood. I don't feel like somebody's invading, but some people do feel like that. And, and, and it's not, um, you know, it's, it doesn't always come from a place of hate. It often comes from a place of fear. They just don't want, they just don't want to see people who don't look like them. 
Right. And, I, and I don't know people, anywhere. Like, I don't know any people like that or anywhere like that in the United States either. I'm sure it exists, but I live in the Bay Area. Okay. So. Yeah. And so in, in the entire Bay, in the whole tech industry, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, I mean, basically Indians and Asians have just like completely taken over those areas. When I go to what, tennis. What tournament, part of the Bay Area are you in? Like I'm, in Sa- I'm in Santa Cruz. I'm about okay. 70 miles south of uh, San Francisco. It's, it, I, I was I was born in Oakland and uh, born and raised in Oakland and Berkeley, okay. and then came and then eventually came down here, which is kind of a trip. This is this is this is not a um, it's not a healthy group of people here M- mentally. Yeah, I can it, see that we we have a, a shit ton of weirdos. Okay, uh, can we play um, a Mike Hunt? I played this on my show several times. I apologize for stealing your shit. It's all, no, it's never stealing. To, to it's bolster all, my it's all free advertising. Uh, so this is ju- just a still photo he posted. And then, bam, here we go with Mike Hunt. Fish. My cunt gets so hairy. Sometimes my cunt bleeds. It can be kind of scary. My cunt loves to squirt and gets wet easily. Mike Hunt once got crabs and scratched endlessly. Mike Hunt gets ingrown hairs. Mike Hunt collects toys. Mike Hunt has a piercing and gets pounded by the boys. Sometimes Mike Hunt farts with great force and power. Mike Hunt is the freshest right after a shower. Mike Hunt smells like fish is available on Amazon. Mike. Reach number 92 and. It reached number, number 44, actually, on all books on Amazon.com. Uh, and it got to number 17 on Amazon.ca. Are, wow. Are you tripping? Is, is that the highest any of your books have ever gotten? No. Um, I have been number uh, 40 on Amazon.com at one point. What um, book was that? My first book in 2012, which was a business book, uh, launched at number 40. But I've actually taken that book off. Uh, I don't sell that book anymore. So How come? Uh, um, mainly because, uh, you know, when I started writing all the humor books, um, Amazon was showing my, my old business book as like the first result because yeah. I had so many good reviews and it was just confusing the market. I'm like, okay, I'm, I've become a comedian, but I have this weird business book sitting on the shelf and it just doesn't, it, it didn't align with the brand. So, it, and it wasn't selling that well. So I just took it down. Wow. Okay. Um, that that takes uh that would break my heart to make something put it up and take it down that shows like some like understanding of the markets that i that i that i don't you know that book did really well that book sold you know i think thirty thousand copies in 2012 holy shit Uh, so you know that like that book served me for for a good 10 years you know it, it got me keynote speeches at business events and it got me you know all kinds of notoriety and 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 that book uh, you know, was a game changer for me in business. Um, but then, you know, 10 years later, I, well, I think I took, I took it down like a year ago. So yeah, like nine years later, eh, it's, it doesn't, it's not, a, it's not the book still, the, 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 the ideas in the book are still relevant and they still make sense to me, but it's just not in line with what I'm doing. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not a business author anymore. I'm a comedian. Are all your books uh, print on demand through through Amazon? You use the publishing yep. options they offer. Yep. And and are all hundred and twenty three of them, except for the one you mentioned, um, still available? Yep. 
Wow, incredible. Do they all sell? Yeah, uh, you know, it's like it's an 80-20 rule, right? I have, you know, 20% of my books are doing the most of my business, but you know, every book sells. Do you have a user interface where you can see all your books and you'd be like, okay, this one is today went from 109 sales to 110, it went to 100. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Amazon has Amazon's reporting is not the best. They report uh so I, I two places I can look. I can look at the Amazon bestseller ranks to see how it's doing right this moment in terms of sales. And that's updated every four hours. Or I can check my my Amazon publishing reports, but those publishing reports, they only they they only pay you a royalty when you uh, when they ship a book. So if you order a book today, I'll see that in the bestseller rank, but that book might not ship until tomorrow or the next day. So I won't see that in my publisher royalty stats until a couple until the day it ships. Um, so I'm, you know, my, so I have two kind of metrics to look at, but the, the bestseller ranks don't tell me how many books sold. They just give me, I can kind of estimate how many books have sold. God, I would be obsessed with that. I would be looking at that shit every day. I do. When I look at it, I'm obsessed with stats. There's no question. It must be fun. Um, did you have a, did you watch a lot of TV as a kid? Yep. What did you watch? Brady Bunch or leave it to Beaver or what? Was there any shows that are like, yep, I've seen all these Dukes of Hazzard, seen them all. Gilligan's Island. Yep. Um, God, I watched that show too. That show is stupid, right? I've seen all those 20 times. So stupid. Um, But somehow I always thought that in in my life I would wind up shipwrecked and I would need to know these things. um, Understood. Um, But I also, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of infomercials and I watched a lot of televangelists, like a lot. And I actually went, when I was... Like the Bowflex? Like you would watch a whole Bowflex uh, yeah, I would watch like, you know, amazing discoveries where they would sell car wax or I would watch, you know, and I, w- I was fascinated by the infomercial and I was fascinated by Pat Robertson, Jimmy Swaggart, uh, Oral Roberts. Uh, and I actually when I was 10 years old, I went through this phase where I ordered everything that came for free from every like every evangelist on TV had something for free. You know, you could get the Book of Mormon sent to your house. You could get, you know, some prayer card or whatever. They just wanted to get you on their mailing list. You would call the 1-800 number and yeah, um, the 700 club and I would order the things, you know, and I, whatever they would send for free. And then I'd get on their lists and they every week I would get mail from televangelists. And, and that was fun getting mail as a kid. Yeah, of course. And And I just I was like I was 10 years old and I knew these guys were con artists and I just I was fascinated by them. What did your parents say about that fascination? Uh, they weren't there to watch me watch. They were working. You know, I, my mom. My mom was. I was raised by my mom. My my dad left uh, when I was ten, um, or nine, I think. So so I so I you know my mom was was a working single mom. She wasn't home very much. I had a key, or, you know, around my neck. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, me too. Yeah, and, you know, I, and I had a bus pass, you know, and and yep. and um and then I, you know I would come home and lock myself in the house and turn on the TV. And, you know, I watched whatever, whatever I, I no, nobody was saying, stop watching that Pat Robertson crap, you know, or whatever. It was just like, I was fascinated by the way that they, um, the way that they performed, the way that they sold, the way that they, you know, like I, I, I could see the business. I, I was 10 years old and I could see the, the man behind the curtain, you know, and I was fascinated by how that all worked. Wow. I I would just pass by those channels because I just I just thought it was just over my head. I feel like as long as I've been alive, I've always been fascinated by the person on the stage. 
that captivates the audience? Why are they all listening to him? Her? What, what is, you know, what is so special? Why are, you know, I'm fascinated. Like, how is he keeping them in their seats? You know, like I want to know everything. Uh, when you start, when you start publishing these, any comedians, any comedians that you you admired? Did you have like all the Richard Pryor records or all the? Did you have records? Yeah, Rodney Eddie Danger- Murphy. Yeah, I had Eddie Murphy, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Chi Danger- Chong. Um, yeah, I was into all that stuff as a kid. And you had you had the big records, and you play them on the record player, and just sit I, down had, and I had I uh, had you know bootleg cassettes. Yeah. God, Dangerfield was amazing when I was a little kid. Um, you, I, I saw him in Vegas before he died, by the way, and that was like one of the and, and I knew every punchline, and I still couldn't stop laughing. Like it was just so good. <laughs> uh, um, I dated this girl who was so fat she got on a scale, and the card came out and said one at a time. But I'm done, Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. I think I my, favorite, I think was, my, my favorite one is is. Uh, uh, I got a vasectomy at Sears. Now, every time I jerk off, I open a garage door. <laughs> I, I had sex with this girl. She was a double bagger. She's so ugly. I put a bag over my head in case the bag over her head breaks. That is a classic. I would sit there as a little boy. My mom wouldn't be home, of course. And I would just play that record over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and at that point, did you have aspirations to be a comedian? Did, did you want to tell those jokes to people? Yes, but I wanted to be funny more than I think I wanted to be funny more than I wanted to. I didn't understand that. Like, I didn't understand that could be a thing when I was right. Younger. Yeah, it me seemed, neither. It seemed so out of reach, you know, um, and, and but it, it, like I didn't know that Eddie Murphy was a millionaire. When I was right, me neither. That, right, this sounds really dumb, right? But it's like, you know, somehow I could figure out the inner workings of the Seven Hundred Club, but I didn't know Eddie Murphy was a millionaire, and so it just didn't, it it didn't add up for me. Um, but it also, it's like the path it changes over over your life. So it's like I I think I wanted to be a comedian when I was a, I know I wanted to be a comedian when I was a kid because I remember saying it out loud at one point. I want to be a comedian, but knowing knowing that the path was hard. I, uh, you know, and, and, you know, of course people in your life when you're young, always tell you, you gotta have a good backup plan or whatever. For me, it was like, I knew I always wanted to be funny. I've always been funny. I always wanted to be funny in what I do. But when I, when I realized I could become a comedian was when the world changed enough that I could do it without, I don't want to go through the starving part of the artist phase. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want to do like I go to clubs on uh, like, you know, I did, I was at a comedy club in Toronto last night for an amateur night and I, I was the headliner and I, you know, I came in and they, they closed, I closed it out and I, you know, I watched all these this open is last mic. night. Yeah. Awesome. I watched, I watched all these open mic amateurs, you know, some of them who I've met before, cause there there's, you know, a limited number of comics in Toronto and I, and, and every one of them has a day job. You know, they, nobody is, a, is a full-time professional. Like I'm the only, even the headliners, at some of these events, you know, they're like, Hey, can I get a ride with you? Cause I don't have a ride home or, you know, and, and like, you know, so, so I didn't, I can't go, I can't be hungry. I like money. I like to do well financially. It's, it's, it's wired into me. I have a certain expectation of comfort in my life <laughs> and I've, you know, I've done well my whole life. So, I, so I couldn't become a comedian and be broke. 
So when I figured out a way to do it through self-publishing, social media, you know, here in my basement without getting on a plane every week and going broke and staying in some flea bag motel so I can get, a, you know, a seven minute spot in front of, you know, uh, you know, 12 drunks that came in from the Hilton Garden Inn or whatever. You know what I mean? I just can't. That's not me. I had to be able to make it work financially. Um, so, so, you know, if, if I had tried 20 years ago, I would have failed so fast because I couldn't, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to sling it in the bars. I'm not, I'm just not that guy. Um, has anyone ever told you, you look like Bill Murray? I get that. Yeah. I, I have, I have a joke that I look like Elon Musk at his first day a meeting. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. I have a joke. I, see Elon. A, I look like the Dwight Schrute doll you ordered off of wish. Um, I don't know what that is. Dwight Schrute doll. Dwight Schrute, he's the he's that he's you know the office? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah. He's he's the nerdy guy in the office with the glasses and the 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 mustard colored shirt and the tie, you know, he's uh, uh Rain Wilson's character. I'm sure I would recognize him if I saw him. Yeah. But yeah, I I do see Elon. I see Elon, but I was just getting some Bill some Bill Murray vibes. Yeah. If you have 123 books and you've been doing this for three years, that's uh 40 books a year. Yep. It's about a, it's about a book a week. With a couple weeks off. <laughs> wow. And uh, um, so you're all, how long does it take? What's the fastest the books come to your head? And then you're holding the, the, the book. You're holding the, the book. 48 hours. No shit. Now the fastest is, is so for holding the book is the hardest part because I have to wait for Amazon to approve it, print it and ship it. So the approval process is overnight. You know, if I, if I submit a book to Amazon today, it'll be approved tomorrow morning. Have you ever had one that wasn't approved? Uh, no, but I've had one banned. Wow. Oh, the, the coronavirus one. Yeah. And it was only because, and this actually, when this happened, it really kind of, if, if I'm honest, it really kind of let me, it, it, it hit me. And I was like, I almost gave up because that makes me happy to hear that because some part of me is like, does this guy really just always play by the rules? <laughs> that makes me glad that it bothers you. Cause uh, yeah, no, I get concerned yeah. about what's going on up there in the North, that there's too many compliant people. No, I, I, um, they, they took the book down because, so I published a book called, um, you're going to camp coronavirus cause you didn't wash your hands. And I published it before the lockdown. I published it in january or february like before all before when the coronavirus was just in china you are moving faster than the speed of science i i my my wife was like you know my, she was my girlfriend at the time she was like look uh, you know we gotta we gotta be worried about this this was like december january she was like this is a thing she works for a healthcare company she was like this is this is bigger than we think it is she was talking about it when nobody was talking about it she was like fascinated with the numbers in wuhan in december and i'm like you know, part like I know she's smart and I trust her judgment. So, but, but me, I'm like, eh, China, you know, but she's like worried about it. So I was paying more attention to it because she was. And then when January came, I was like, okay, you know what? We're talking, they're talking about on the news every day. I'm going to write a book about it. So I wrote a book, published the book, and the book was doing okay. And then the end of February, early March, that book was the number one result on Amazon for coronavirus. Ah. And I was selling, I don't know, a few hundred copies a day. And I think wow. at, one, at one point I was selling over a thousand copies a day. The book was just doing phenomenally well. And then one day I got a I got an email saying we've removed this book. And it was right, it was like right at the time of the lockdown. 
And then, and then at the same time, Amazon, I don't know if you remember this or not, but right when everybody, when we all, we know two weeks to flatten the curve, uh, when we all went into that two weeks, Amazon was so busy delivering groceries that they said, we're going to suspend all other shipments until we get all these groceries out. So my books stopped selling. Nobody was buying them. So I had a book that was doing really well and then it was gone and I, there was no fighting Amazon. They were not like, they were not hearing it. They were like, your book said coronavirus, you're canceled. And, you know, and I had other books, but they just weren't selling. And so during that two weeks, I just kind of not, I stopped making comedy. I was doing, you know, before the lockdown, I was doing really well. It was growing. And I think I, I think I went into lockdown with like, you know, 50,000 followers or something or, and so I, so I kind of quit for a while. And I, 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 like, I, like, I think part of me was just like, fuck it. What's the point of doing this? If they're going to ban my books, you know, like, why am I going to bother? And then, and then something hit me a few weeks later where I was like, no, this is about, they took this down for their own legal liability reasons. They didn't want to be appearing <laughs> to sell anything that offered any advice or cure. They didn't even, they didn't even look inside my book. They're not bothered to evaluate it. They're just like, take it all down. Yeah. And then I, and then I shifted gears and I was like, okay, I had a copy of the book. So I gave it away for free. I, I uploaded the PDF and I said, you can have this book for free. Amazon Bandit, you can have it for free. And I built a huge mailing list, like massive mailing list of people who wanted this book because they wanted to see why it was banned. Why did yeah. they ban it? You know, Genius. There it is again, guys. He leaned into it. That's, a different, that's it. a different book. I published okay. that in 2020. The other one was called You're Going to Camp Coronavirus because you didn't wash your hands. It's on, it- it's on bradgoss.com. You can get it for free. Um, but it's uh, that. So that helped me to build a huge mailing list and that kind of helped to put me back on track, but it took me, um, it took me a few months to get my rhythm back because I was so derailed. Like I was going, like, I think if that didn't happen, I'd probably have 200 books and I'd probably, be wow. like, like I really let it kill my momentum and, and I'm, and I'm, 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 I regret that I let that happen because I, because I don't know because it was so early. Like it, you know, it's different now because I now I have the data. Now I know this is a thing. But then I didn't know. Then I, that was I think that was like book number four. You know what I mean? So I so I let it derail me because it was like this is. Can I really make this a thing? You know. And now I'm 120 books deep, and it is. But then I didn't have that. You know, the, I I have the rearview mirror vision now. But then I just had the unknown in front of me. And it, and it, and I, so I think I really let it derail me more than I should have. Um, that's a great story. Go back now for me to the 48 hour thing, like books that like the, some of the faster turnarounds, like, holy shit, you have this idea. Make- I can make a book in an hour. I, from, from idea with, if I have the art, like if I'm using clip art, cause a lot of my books, I don't now, most of my books are hand custom drawn, but I used to just use clip art. So if I had an idea for a book and I, and I could do it with clip art. From idea to finished, like submitted to Amazon, I've done it in an hour. Um, this this company Vector Tunes that you used to own, I, I looked up Vector Tunes, V E C T O R T O O N S. I I don't see the uh, I don't see it. I mean, I see it on Pinterest. I sold the company, and the company that bought it didn't want the website. They just wanted the art catalog. That company had um, 
3.7 million copyright uh, pieces of art that it owned exclusive rights to. Yeah. So I sold it to another clip art company that merged it into their catalog. They didn't want the brand that I had built. How, how, how do you start a clip art company? So I was doing, it started with my book in 2012, actually my first book, I hired a cartoonist to draw some uh, caricatures of me for the book. And she was so good at her work and she was so inexpensive, you know, and she was, she's like, she was like, you've just given me my dream job. I paid her better than she asked, you know, and she was just like, you've, you've given me my dream job. And so when I was done the book, I just kept her and I, I was, I had her drawing stuff for different products. I was creating marketing that I was doing ads. I was running, I was doing all kinds of cartoon stuff in my ads and it was working really well. I was doing cartoons in my sales letters, my sales letters. And you know, when I, when I would sell like software, my sales letters look like comic books and, um, people loved it. They loved it. Affiliates loved it. They would promote my stuff because my sales letters were so pretty and, um, and then I would use these cartoons for like one thing and then they'd just be sitting in my hard drive. So one day my assistant was bored and I'm like, okay, take all these cartoons. Um, you know, let's start a database. Let's come up with some keywords and some titles and some stuff. And we're going to make a, a clip art website. I think I had like 500 cartoons just sitting in a hard drive. And, uh, so we created vector tunes. And, and it was just like, I'm just going to put these up and let Google find them. And if people buy them, great. And if they don't, I don't care. That's how I started Vector Tunes. And, um, you know, fast forward almost 10 years, we had 3.6 million images. I sold it in uh, uh, January this year. Um, did it feel good to sell it or was it sad? Um, it felt good to sell it because it was a business I owned with my ex-wife. So now I'm able to close down my 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 dealings with my ex-wife, you know, financially, uh, you know, complete closure. Uh, that was like the last asset that we shared. Um, so I was happy to get rid of it for that reason. And, uh, and it had run its course and I was already a full-time comedian. The, the vector tunes business was just kind of like, you know, it was on autopilot and it was paying me, but you know, I was happy to get rid of it because then I was now I'm hundred percent focused on, you know, my business. Which is which is the books? Yeah, I'm a I'm a I have a corporation that owns the rights to all of my publishing and all my work and and I you know. Do you know anyone? Does anyone own all um, 123 books? Yes. Yeah. And, and and they send you pictures and they're just like all sitting on a bookshelf in order. Yeah, yeah I have a few um, super fans that I'm very grateful for. Um, I have one woman who buys, um, you have the, you have one of the compendiums there of the multi volumes. Yeah. Um, I have one woman who's like, you know, yeah. So I have five of those. With uh, four, with 14 stories in them each. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I have, I have here's, here's some misinformation in one of your books. <laughs> uh, no matter what you need vaccines. That's right. No misinformation. Okay. Yeah. On. Uh, so so sorry so she has all comp all the compendiums yeah and and but she buys them autographed so she's always like whenever whenever they come out just let me know i'll buy the autographed copy and you know i have a few fans that are like that that buy everything autographed don't bathe with uncle joe uh is this is this based on joe biden <laughs> you know actually it's funny you say that the other one people ask me if, is is it based on joe biden is this one here buster the perverted ghost because uh um because he uh where is it? He uh, he smells your hair, 
and he licks the seat of your chair and he smells your underwear. Yeah. But is this, tell me, is this no, Joe? No, no. Oh, darn it. No. Everybody wants it to be that. that that's what's that, that's what's funny about my books is everybody wants it to be about a thing. Right. And if they project that, that that's a great thing about cartoons. You can project your own stuff into it. And if and if that's what makes it great for you, and if that's what makes you click buy now, then yeah, it's absolutely about Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. You know what I mean? It's I, I, I'm a whore. I'm whatever you want me to be. Um, in two thousand two, um, uh, or three, when when uh, Greg Glassman started giving away all the content from CrossFit for free, he always knew he was going to give it away for free. He would do these seminars, and they cost a thousand dollars to go to, and he would film the seminars and keep giving it away free on YouTube. And people over in Silicon Valley were like, "Hey, in, we live just over the hill from there," and um, the investors would be like, "Hey, dude, what the fuck are you doing, giving away all your shit for free?" And he goes, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter." And of course, he was right. People, even though all the stuff was free on the internet, they still wanted to come to seminars. And seminars exploded. It became the fastest growing chain in the history of the planet, growing faster than Subway, McDonald's, and Starbucks combined. You also are using that model. You're you're reading the entire books on the internet for free. Yep. Um. And it. What, was there ever like, ah, oh, maybe that's not the best. Maybe I should just read three pages. Or did anyone tell you, no, you stop giving your shit away for free or a, any concerns there? A lot of people told me and every day, every day, somebody comments on one of my videos and says, why would I buy it? You just read it to me for free. I'm like, don't buy it. You don't have to. Right. If, if like big black Hawk has 10 million views, there's always going to, when you get 10 million views on a product, my, Every one of my videos is a commercial for my book and I'm showing you the whole thing, but you're still going to want to hold it. You're still going to want to give it to your friend. You so, watch porn, but you still want to have sex. Exactly. Um, but you may not want to buy that video that you just watched. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, so, so for me, it's like, I know that the law of, 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 of numbers always works to my advantage. If I get 10 million views of me giving away a book, I'm going to sell thousands of copies of that book. Right. So, and they both work, right? I get paid by YouTube for my views. I get, you know what I mean? I'm monetized. So if they're, they're, like I win either way, I win if you don't buy the book, I, maybe I only win a fraction of a cent from you, but I still win something. And I win if you do buy the book, I win if the video goes viral and nobody buys the book. And I win if the video goes viral and lots of people buy the book, but it's never going to be, 10 million copies sold because 10 million people watched. It's always going to be, you know, 10,000 copies sold because 10 million people watched. And that's fine. Um, in your, in, in a couple of the interviews, you talk about having a sort of a, um, a I don't know if the, these might be my words, but a midlife crisis. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Was that three or four years ago? That was when I, just after I turned 40. Um, so 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, about yeah, about eight, yeah, about nine years ago. I, I, um, maybe maybe like forty one, forty two. I, I realized that um, I was in the wrong marriage. I was in the wrong life. You know, I had kind of, um, maybe not. I, I had, I had been pretty good about making my own choices, but I got to a place where I just wasn't nuts about the choices that I had made. Um, but I also remember, you know. 10 years ago, wanting to become a comedian and not necessarily having, um, you know, the, the support 
that I needed to do it. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to upend everything. And I blew up my life. <laughs> like, you know, I blew up my life. When you say you, um, you weren't making your own choices, could, could you give me an example of what that looks like? Well, I was, when I say that, I mean, like I was, I had fallen into a business that I had chosen to be in, but I, but I wasn't nuts about it. It didn't feel like having a clip art company was great, but it didn't feel like what I really wanted to do. And I think I knew I wanted to be a comedian and, and, and turning 40, you know, is, is for a lot of people is a big milestone. I loved turning 40. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, I went to Vegas for two weeks. I, you know, which nobody does. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I did some crazy photo shoot when I turned 40, you know, I, I, I had a lot of fun turning 40, but then I started evaluating, you know, is this where I want to be is would 15 year old Brad be happy with 40 year old Brad was the question I kept asking myself for, because for some reason, age 15 was a milestone for me. I don't know why in my, in my mind, I think I believed I became an adult at 15. And so, um, I started asking myself, you know, would this person be proud of this person? Eh. So I made, I made you wanted more fame or more money or more sex or more wisdom or yeah. Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. But, but I also wanted to be, um, happier and I, and I, and I, and I wanted to be surrounded by people who understood and, 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 and were happy with who I was. Oh, okay. You, uh, meaning maybe your current wife wasn't happy with who you were. Right. Yeah. 100%. You wanted more acceptance from her. Um, not, not from her, from someone else. I didn't, I didn't, I, I was done, you know, at, at that point I was done and I just wanted to, um, I was ready to change everything. That sounds so scary getting a divorce to me. You know what? It was, it was, but it wasn't because I knew, I knew I wanted to like, at some point you make a decision to go into the void. You're like, I'm going to blow up my life. And, 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 and this is not for everybody. You know what I mean? But it was, it was 100% for me. And I made a hard decision and it was when like the decision was easy. The the execution of the decision took a long time. Um, Meaning you know, from, from sitting down with your wife to selling the the last bit of vector tunes. That was, yeah. It. Yeah. That, it's that's like pulling that, taffy apart. Yeah, exactly. It took eight years to do all of that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, most of it was done in a shorter amount of time, but, but the unraveling of when you, when you're like, Hey, I'm going to blow up my life in, in your forties, you know, there's a lot of paperwork involved in blowing up your life. At least you didn't have kids. <laughs> yeah. I, and I never, I never wanted them. Yeah. Me neither. Um, but, but I got three and it's dope. Yeah, it is dope. Um, no, I got a vasectomy in my thirties. I was, I was hard. No on kids. Um, but, but yeah, when, when you decide to do that, you know, the, the midlife crisis was just, I want to make a change. But then when you ask the people in your life, Hey, would you be okay if I made this change? And they're like, fuck no. Then you have to blow up your life to make the change. You have to decide, do I want the people or do I want the change? Yeah, people don't like it when you change. No, even even I, I I sometimes have sympathy for obese people. The people around them don't want them to get thin. No, no one wants. You're change. the average of your five yes. closest friends, and yep. if they're all fat, they're not going to be cool with you getting fit. Even if they say they are, yeah, they won't be. All of a sudden, you'll get. They're not going to invite you to the wing night. They're not going to invite. You know what I mean? They're going to be. Oh, well, he doesn't want to come because he's just going to sit there and eat celery. 
or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so who didn't like, want you to get a divorce? Like your mom and dad? Oh no, they were okay with it. Oh yeah. Who didn't yeah. want you to? My wife. Oh, right. <laughs> At the time. Right, right. Um, um, does she thank you now? Oh, we don't talk. Oh, not that we're not that we don't, you know, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that we don't speak. It's just that we don't have anything to speak about. We've closed our business. You know what I mean? If, if there's some, you know, last minute paperwork to be done, but there's no, you know, we don't have check-ins or, you know, right. Annual, right. Any annual birthday you're, lunches or any of that kind of stuff. Like you don't run into her at the local coffee shop. No, she moved away. She moved to another province. Province. Um, and, and then you got married. Why did you get married again? Because I've never been happier. Ah, uh, and I'm a hundred percent sure. I, I, you know what I mean. It's like you, you may make choices in your twenties that are based on external pressures and and what people expect. Um, or you know, you've been with someone for a long time. They want to get married. You make a choice. Um, so yeah, six five. That's me. I can't even fucking believe it. I would love to know what that's like. It's not a fair world, Brad. <laughs> it's not. And I, you know, I include tall in my privilege stack. You know what I mean? When I, <laughs> when I tell people, you know, about my, my various privileges, being tall is, is like, I would rather be, uh, you know, tall and Mexican than short and white. Um, right, 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 right. right. Oh yeah. Yeah. When it, I, I have no, I, I am so disgusted by uh, some of that talk. Like when people are like, would you rather be a black man or a white man? I bet I would, would you rather be a five foot five Armenian guy with a big nose who gets stopped in secondary if he has a beard or would you rather be a black guy? Shut the fuck up. And on top of that, would you rather be privileged like Hunter Biden? So your life can go that way. Or would you rather be privileged like Jay Z? Yeah. The only person who, who is still allowed to be victimized by body shaming is the short man. Thank you. He's Thank the only, you. he's the only, he is the last victim for body shaming left on earth. I appreciate that. Yes. We're made here to fuck and nobody wants a short guy, but don't worry in the end, it's, it's a race between the tortoise and the hare. I, th I think though, like everything, right. Those types of things affect your life. Like being sure. tall, being tall has made me feel like, uh, like I have a sense of entitlement from being a tall guy and I can't, I can't escape it. I feel like the world just owes me something because. And I, I think that's I fine. See, I can see above the crowd. I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think being short has made it so that I had to work harder yeah. and I never had, and I never had a one night. I never met, met a girl at a bar and picked her up and fucked her and I never got AIDS and died. And thank God for that. And I think it made me work harder. You never had a one night stand? No. Listen, Brad, when, when it takes the work That's the for, some, of the tall for someone like me to get a girl, you don't just fuck them once. You, I put effort in. I'm not, it, it, it would be like if you wrote a book and then just been like, okay, I'm done with it and erased it off your hard drive. There's no I, fucking – it could be the worst show, sex ever and I'm and doing take, it again. I what? just show up and take off my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, Let's do this. You know, in the tear away. But I wouldn't change a thing. I, I wouldn't change a thing, which is the fascinating thing, right? So at 16, I asked my mom if I want to, if I can get a nose job at 20. She says, yeah, when you're 24 and your nose just stopped growing. And when I'm 24, it's my greatest asset. Oh, I love mine. You know what I mean? There's right. these, your hardship one day is your greatest gift the next day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I, I, you know, I've met a lot of short guys who are extremely successful and they're usually very fit. Um, you know, they, they put in the work because that's what, that's the cards that life dealt them. And they, you know, and, and I think, I think, um, I think oftentimes like we all have these external forces, right. And they're all, they all affect us in different ways. And I think, you know, I think everything is a gift if you figure out why it is a gift. Yeah. I never had a one night stand, but I had a harem. That's pretty good. So, so there, yeah, there's, so there's balance in the, um, there's balance in the universe. Balance in the universe. God, I want to, I have another idea for a book. How the fuck am I going to share this idea to you? Um, have you been following any of the uh, myocarditis cases? No, I don't even oh. know what that is. Oh, okay. Perfect. Great answer. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting who gets offended by your stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. The, the only book that I've seen that might be like um, not offensive but hard for someone is, is if you had a child who died and then they saw the baby, the, the dead baby book. Dead babies. Yeah, I could see this like fucking, but nothing else I've ever seen that you've written is even remotely offensive. And for someone to be offended by it, it seems like it's such a stretch to it's, me. It's a choice you have to make to be offended. And then you have to put in the work of someone who's offended. Yeah, like spin the narrative up, you're saying. Yeah. But oftentimes, the people who get, so what I find interesting. And is, it's both sides, right? It's the conservative and the liberals. Oh, yeah. It's, it's both. Oh, yeah. Like, they like, can't I, I can't me, even they believe can't, it. They can't what? figure me out because they're, they're, you wouldn't believe how many, like the exact same book. It's like typical libtard bullshit or, you know, and then somebody else would be like, this guy's a right wing, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, like, yeah, the, like, it, you know, it, <laughs> I, like both sides think I'm on their, I'm on the other side. And, um, the, the, the most, most people who get offended are white girls and they get offended on behalf of the POC. Right. So this, this, Chris Iria Ashley. Oh yeah, yeah. I googled her name, by the way. Caleb, you got to Google her name. There's, it's all white girls who have this name. Whitest girl name possible. Getting offended on behalf of the POC, right? Like, can't like, you know what I mean? It, it's and you know why she's offended for them, right? I don't know why. Because she hates them. And instead of recognizing, I, I don't know if I believe that. I, 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 I don't. Really I don't know if I believe it either. But I think it's the most simple fifty cent psychological narrative. She hates people of color, and instead of addressing it inside of herself, she's projecting it onto you. That's. I mean, I it, don't think so. I okay. really don't. I. I think. I. I think these are just like when I was a teenager, my aggression and angst and anger was misplaced often. Cause I was dumb. My frontal lobe had not been properly developed. So you take a 16 year old white girl who's trying to be woke. She doesn't hate black people. She really believes that racism is horrible and, 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 and it is, but she's looking for it in the wrong places. Right? So she comes and attacks the funny man who make, because we've created a world where, a middle-aged white guy making any jokes about homosexuality, gender, or race is forbidden. So the minute I show up and do that, they're like, this guy's old and out of touch, and I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to leave him a one-star review without a verified purchase label. And um, she's, I don't think she hates black people. I think she really hates racism. And I think she's chosen that as her cause. 
when I was a, when I was a teenager, I chose animal rights as my cause. And I, you know, I believed everything that I believed in my soul. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think she's just misplaced her anger. I really don't, you know what I mean? I don't think she's racist and I don't like, you know, uh, all the white Emily's that get offended on behalf of the POC, they, they're all the same. They're just misplaced anger. And I don't fault them for it. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Misplaced anger. I'll go with that. I'll, I'll I'll go with doesn't hate, uh, people of color. I'll, I'll go with uh, misplaced anger. There's something inside. She's really pissed off about. Yeah. About her own shit. Uh, Yeah. I like that. Or I'm her dad. Right. Right. Which I think a lot of the time people lash out at me because I remind them of their dad who they can't yell at. Right. Their, Their dad does not have a YouTube channel. They can comment anonymously on. Um, so they come to me yeah. and, that, and that's why I always say, stop putting me on a pedestal with your dad because, but the, here's the funny thing. You could, if you go to my YouTube channel, right. My, my like featured video on my YouTube channel is called how I got the N word pass, which triggers them even more. Right. But that whole video is me talking to black people on the internet, complete strangers and sharing my racist books with them. The books that get called very offensive to POC, which is Clip Clop, the racist horse cop, my racist grand, my racist dog. If I was a black person and I was concerned about racism, I would see your books as the exact opposite. I would be like, wow, this is cool. This guy's bringing attention to these issues. Well, that's what that's how they see it. It's always the white Emily's that get upset. Right. But, you know, when when I write like when I write about a certain group of people whether it's whether it's homosexual whether it's race you know whatever whatever social subject i'm attacking in that moment even people who have been you know victims of abuse right some of them love why mommy or why daddy hits mommy some of them hate it but you know the 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 usually the people the people who are the people who the the white emilys think they're getting offended on behalf of are not bothered right right so they're getting on like they're choosing not only are they not bothered they feel supported by your books it's the exact opposite yeah yeah when when like when i do live i do book readings on in comedy clubs it's black people laughing at the jokes it's you know when i when i when i say you know like i live in a in an area that's heavily populated with indian people and when i there's a one of you know one of my jokes in one of my books is about uh, it's race wars and it's about cars. And I say brown cars, parents don't approve of his career. Who laughs? The brown people. Right, right. They, they, I'm, they know that I, that it's a, that's a true stereotype. The true stereo. That's the thing. Somebody said in one of my videos uh, that my stereotype about Asian people incites violence. And I was like, well, how exactly? And he said, well, you, you say that they're smart. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And how does that create violence? Well, that creates pressure on Asian kids to be smarter and their parents may be violent with them. And I'm like, so you think I wrote a book and I created, I created the pressure to be, to do well academically in the Asian culture from my book. Like you really think I did this and, and you know, it's, it's white people trying to figure out why it's racist and trying to tell me how I'm inciting violence. But no Asian person is going, Oh my God, my parents beat me because I got a B plus on my test and it's your fault. Like none of this is happening because of me. So, uh, you know, everybody almost unanimously every once in a while, there's some black person who's like, you know, and and, and if they decide it's racist to them, then they can, that's, I have no control over that. I have no control over your feelings. 
right? So there's a, there's always going to be somebody who's like that's racist, and there's always going to be someone who says that's funny. The great thing is you're all talking about me. You're all helping me sell books. You want to call me racist? You're bumping my engagement. You right. want to you want to tell me it's funny? You're bumping my engagement. Good or bad, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, they don't care. Your comment is a point. Uh, I don't think, though, that Asians are the smartest. I think that there's been ample studies that show it's Ashkenazi Jews. Just by the way, if, if you want to get for those of you out there who um, they, I think Asians maybe uh, have good uh, work ethic. Side note. D- different cultures uh, prioritize education more than others. Yeah, but I do think and that Jews I think there's been some studies that Jews have some like giant brain shit going on. I look, I dropped, I dropped out of high school. So my, you know, my, my culture's priority, my, my mayonnaise culture priority on education was way down here. (laughs) You know what I mean? I dropped out of 10th grade. So why are you interrupting the show? What? There's a caller. Yes. uh, Hello. Good day. This is Chris uh, with DMS payments. Uh, Debt management services. Uh, reason we're trying to contact you, we had an account that was placed with our office. It looks like it has been through several collection agencies already. Mm. Uh, at this point, we do mm. need to determine whether or not this is something you have any intentions of resolving voluntarily. What was your name? Um, we appreciate your cooperation in advance. Please either give well, us a call back uh, or if you prefer electronic communications, go to the website. This guy's get phone number for anyone today. who wants to call him, it's 551-321-9304. 551-321-9304. Feel free to call him and ask him if he likes anal. They're finally ca- catching up with your Columbia House debt. It's a fucking, this is a fucking burner phone that this account. I, I, I do a live call. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Kayla. Look, Kayla puts their phone number up for it. Call these jackasses. Uh, I, sometimes I we do a live call-in show. Some of my guests keep the number and called in. I thought it was one of my guests, but it was just spam. All right. Jackasses. At least it wasn't your car warranty about to expire. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do get that one. Wow. Yeah. Hey, is that true? Um, one time I was outside the, um, the, 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 the rec center at UC Berkeley. Um, it, it, there's shitloads of foot traffic at UC Berkeley, thousands of people everywhere. And I, and I just gotten out of working out there and I was standing out front and there were kids everywhere. And across the street from me, a three lane road, all going one way of cars. Uh, there's a, there's a little Asian woman who's probably 40 years old beating the shit out of her fucking daughter. I assumed it was her daughter who was probably like this 17 year old girl slapping her like this, Brad. With the forehand and then the backhand. It was crazy. That like, wasn't wah, that wasn't wah. her mother. That was her pimp. That, wow. Fuck. I didn't even think about that. So there's people walking by and no one's doing shit. Yeah. And this goes on for like three minutes. Finally, I put my shit down. I ran across the street and I stood between them. And I just I just fucking told this lady, I said, Hey dude, if you hit this girl again, I, you're gonna I'm gonna make you go unconscious. Wow. And then I told the girl, you walk that way and you, the mom, you walk that way and they walk. But I didn't even know, is that a cultural thing that um, uh, Asian kids beaten for not doing good in school? I'd never heard. I, I, I don't know. I just made it up. Oh, okay. Sure, okay. <laughs> because somebody told me that I'm inciting violence. And so I'm like, mm. okay. And then right. the, that's, right. that was the line that they drew. So that, you know, so, one so there's no, there was, there was no truth. To, right. Right. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Sometimes I take shit too literally. Yeah. I mean, if I could write a book that would make parents beat their kids, 
and I could get some publicity out of it, I would probably write that book. <laughs> just, you know, just, just if I'm honest, I mean, I'm just, I'd, like I said, I'm here for the money. So, um, I really appreciate you coming on. You are, um, made for kids. Did you see any links on here that just must be seen? Um, Caleb, we want to finish with anything. Anyway, uh, um, you're, you're an enormous inspiration because I, I think you're doing the job that fucking tons of people would love to do. Be a creative, get on to the internet. Um, you have, it seems like you have a pretty good approach through TikTok, through this trippy website that I'd never even heard of before. I went on it last night and it kind of scared the shit of me. Omega. Oh yeah. Omega. Yeah. How did you find that? That's basically you just go. It said there were twenty eight thousand people on it. Aren't you scared? A little nervous when you go on there? Of what? I don't know. That just you're gonna have to interact with people. Uh, that's. I love that. You do love that. Yeah, it's it's you know think of it this way, right? I mean, it's it's <clears throat> it's a free audience, and it has zero threat. You know what I mean? If I go to a comedy club, someone could throw a beer bottle at me. Someone could rush the stage and punch me out. You know. I'm here in my basement. I go on Omegle. The worst thing you can do is say mean things to me. And, you know, I've had every mean thing possible said to me. So um, I go on there and I film people's reactions to my content and it's unlimited content for me. It's free content. So from here, if I hit allow, people will just start popping up in this window and being with us. Yeah. Where you hit where it says stop. You can just you just get a new chat a new video chat partner every time you hit the stop escape button there. Um, it'll it'll just like you just you skip and you're on to the next person. It's like it's like uh, Tinder for video chat. <laughs> there, see. Oh, so that guy didn't like the way I looked and just and just he skipped you. Yeah, skip me. Yeah. So, so do I have to push a button for someone new to pop up? Here we go. You're another stranger. Oh, yeah, you so hit they it. just. Yeah, they just you, pop up on there. Yeah, if you hit that little escape button in the bottom next to the chat box on the left. Oh, yeah. How are you, man? Oh, I can't. For some reason, I can't hear him. Um, I can hear him. So these are just some dudes just smoking weed. That's a pretty common thing I find on Omegle is four brown, four brown guys on a bed. Yeah, actually a very, a very common thing. I don't know why, but can I mute that? Oh, oh, I just clicked the picture and it went hey, to the next. Skip them; they're gone. Oh, they skipped you, I think. But you hit that little stop escape button. And you... So these are people from all over nice. the world. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So, and then of course, there's always the porn ads. That's it's pretty typical. Oh, I got to push escape twice. Yeah, yeah. And then, and so then I, so then I match with a stranger. A lot of the time, they know who I am. Um, uh, or I match with a stranger, and I say I'll try to make you laugh. And then they're like, okay, you know, and they, everybody loves that challenge. And then I show them some books, and then I, I film the reaction, and I paste, I post it on all the channels. So me and this dude are just having a staring contest right now. Looks like it, yeah. He has the biggest neck I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. You do have a fucking incredible neck. Wow. Yeah. Bye. Nice to meet you. Yeah. That's I, no one really says bye, though, on here. No. They just skip you. Oh, that's kind of scary. They got you got the face blocked. You may get to some. 
you may see some nudity. You may get to some some actual penis. So be careful. Just saying. I see a lot of dicks sometimes. Wow. And there right. and there are full. You know, <clears throat> one of the things I find funny is that. When I go on Omegle, I find a lot of teenagers. You know, I find a lot of 15, 16 year old boys, girls that I'm talking to, that I read books to, that I get, you know, I get their reaction. And then people are like, oh my God, this guy's a pedophile. He's reading these books to kids. And it's like, if you spent an hour on Omegle, you would know that I'm the most wholesome thing they're going to find that night. Right. Like the number of pedophiles, actual pedophiles on Omegle waiting to, waiting to talk to those kids is unbelievable they're Are naked you serious? yeah they're naked they're actually video if you go on youtube and you search for uh omega pedophile you're gonna find uh, there are videos where guys have like you know they'll set a girl up in a little room with you know low cut top and she'll she'll go on there and talk to a guy and she'll be like i'm 15 is that okay and he'll be like yeah that's fine and should be and you know and then he'll ask her to take her clothes off you know and then boom something then it'll switch to some guy some some you know youtuber in a in a fake cop outfit and he's like busted you're you know and and, and like you know there, there are guys out there trapping the pedos and there's so many of them like there's it, you know it's like trying to catch mosquitoes on a hot summer night you know what i mean it's like they're so easy to find and there's like you know, they literally want to they 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 want to ask these underage kids to take their clothes off, or they're already the the pedophile's already masturbating. He's already exposed himself to a teen. He's already committed a sex crime the minute they match. You know what I mean? So it was interesting how there were so many. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It was interesting how there were so many um uh, like Indian looking guys on there, or Pakistani looking guys. It's a time of day thing. If you go on late at night, you'll find more um north american um uh, Euro- european you know kids um it's you know there are a lot of people in india um uh there's another one that i go I to like called. that there are a lot of people in india there are a lot of people in india with with webcams um uh uh yeah but but for the most part you know it's it's like late at night it's it's kids it's you know teenagers uh bailey you're it's funny you say that your kids, how old are your kids? They've probably already been on there. Oh like, shit. You know, you think they're not going on there and they've probably already, they probably already know about it. You know, my 13 year old daughters, they they're like, you know, oh yeah, we just got a BPN and we blah, blah, blah. We do this and we got, you know, and then we go in and we close all these pop-ups and then we're in, you know, and like they know how to navigate the internet, you know, and I'm a programmer. They know how to navigate the internet, you know, probably a little bit better than me. So you'd be surprised what your kids are already doing. Um, but, you know, but especially in a lockdown time, these, these like Omegle was on fire during that sort of first two months of Corona. Like that's all the kids could do. They couldn't hang out. So you'd go on there and there'd be like 200,000 people. Who owns that? Who owns that? Is, is uh, it not- it's a China company of some kind. I don't know. Who oh, of course. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. Is, are they the biggest ones in that market, in that space where you just live chat? Uh, yeah, I guess the time of day thing is accurate what you're saying because the videos you have where you're on there, I didn't see anything like that. What I just saw. Well, I usually don't put the, I usually cut that stuff out. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it. Um, Jesus, you're so negative. You're so negative, Travis. You're so negative. Pedophiles own it. Yeah. I, I don't know who owns it, but I, I think it's owned from, it's owned out of China, but it's, um, 
I mean, look, it's 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 gonna fucking explode. I'm telling you, that's like the that's the future. Unfortunate. Well, I don't know if it's unfortunate. Who am I to judge? But that's the future. What we just saw right there. It's been around for quite a few years, and before that, there was a website called Chat Roulette. They've been around for over a decade. Did the same kind of thing. Um, it seems like a total stoner activity if you're in college. Yeah, yeah. Sit around a room with five of your friends and just a lot of, a lot of drunks, a lot of high people. Absolutely, yeah. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. Great pleasure to meet you. W- what a great thing you've done. Inspirational, making a living, loving what you're doing. Um, uh, why did you come? Why did you come on this show? If you don't mind me asking, I come on every show. You do? Okay. Nothing I special, take every opportunity me. thrown at me. I don't care how big your audience is. I don't even look. Um, I I I feel that every podcast is worth doing. Every interview is worth doing. Every conversation is worth having. Uh, and I appreciate this one because you dig deeper than most people do. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I'd like I, to I, say than anyone, if, if you don't mind. What's that? I'd like to say um, than anyone, if you don't mind. Yeah. Instead of, instead of yeah. most. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you did actually, thank you. you know, um, thank you. I've, had, I've had a, I've had a, I can, I can, I've done probably 40 podcasts this year and I can count on one hand, the number that were like, you know, you can, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I was the other the ones I watched that you were on before were painful, and yeah, the one good one from the guy who was the publication one, he annoyed the fuck out of me because he wanted to paint you into a corner, right, and, right, and 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 uh, and I appreciated how you kind of unpainted yourself out of it. I like him, you know, uh, but but the you know a lot of them, and I can tell in the first five minutes of a podcast if it's going to go well or I'm going to cut out in twenty minutes um, by how I'm introduced. Mm. Because the bad podcaster, you know what the bad podcaster does. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. For the people who don't know you. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you if you yeah. say that. That's your job. It's a yeah. can of soup. Don't ask it to open itself. Go over there and open it. Yeah. Handle it. It's your guest. Handle them. Handpick the things you want to talk about. And yeah. Come to me with a bit of research. Now I know we're going to have a good time. If you're like, like, I know you don't have any show notes if you're like, Tell everybody a little bit about, for those of us who don't know, including you, you fuckwad. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, this is how we're going to do this. And so those usually end up ending quickly. Um, But, you know, when people do their research and they put in the work, it's a lot more fun because, you know, they have real questions. Yeah. Appreciate that. You're, you're, you're a remarkable role model in a, in a, um, in a time, you know, from, from the, artistic perspective from the art perspective from being creative to doing what you want with your life to putting out real content to having lots of different mediums uh, it's just cool and, and you're doing it you're you're a tremendous success story anyone who doesn't uh i, I just wanted to share when i saw you i'm like man this this guy's doing it this is what it, all the podcasters you've ever been on their podcast they're you're doing what they they want to be doing everyone wants to be making a living doing what they want to be doing anyway right. so brilliant uh you have my phone number um if you, anything i could ever do for you interesting coming down again talk about a book we don't have to do two hours you want to come on for 15 minutes read anything um it, it, i just it, i just love being a part of uh so much success thank you i appreciate that and um ho- hopefully our paths cross again i'm sure they will all right brad all right peace thanks brother thanks Man, the uh, that Omegle app fucking spun uh, Travis all up. He got all freaked out. I was a little stressed in the background.
Because I've seen before those people just throwing their dicks out on that on that app. But it's funny. Uh I actually had a lot of pages today, Travis. One, two, three, four, five. But I was not nervous at all today. Today I was so fucking excited to meet this guy because oh, I didn't even. I wanted to ask him if he has knockoffs, if he has thieves, like people who are stealing his ideas. Oh, look it, I get it. Yeah, that shit hit too close to home. Word, I feel you, brother. Okay, fair, fair enough. So yeah, that I know it is. It's. Uh, so last night when I pulled up that site, I couldn't, I couldn't, didn't even have the balls to to do what I did today. I felt a little safer with Caleb and that dude here, and all you guys watching. I did not feel safe doing that last night. I was like, ah, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, um, oh, you, uh, what question? I didn't know what question you asked. I'm just, you're. Uh, I don't mean to disappoint you. You're a good dude. You've never disappointed me. I mean that, by the way. I fucking love working with you. Early on the chat about sexualization. I missed it. Uh, ask me again. Was it for him? I think it's more. About, I think it was about your thoughts on whether or not it's the sexualization of kids or whatever. These books. Yeah. Something like I mean, they're clearly not for kids. Like, if you read this to your fucking kid, dead babies, a serious, a series of short life stories, you're a douchebag. That Omega is not for kids. That is not for kids. That that is um here's the thing too. Here's where I mean he was definitely Canadian. You could feel the socialist side of him. I want I should have asked him about tall poppy syndrome. Your kids don't have to be on that. I I, I don't agree. I don't agree with him. Maybe I'm just naive, but just don't give your kid a phone, dude. Like just watch your kids. Probably learn about it eventually without you even having to tell them. Yeah, wait till they're like, maybe when they're 50, they're like me, they'll learn about it. They're illustrated books that look like kids' books. Oh, so you think it's like, um, you think it's like putting McDonald's in a Happy Meal? You're, you're, you're kind of like, there's poison in that box, but they're selling it to kids because they've designed it to, to attract kids. I guess I just think it's the parents. It's the parents' um, job to. Uh, the thing is, though, if my if I read this to my boys, do you know what they would think if I read this to my boys? Mike Hunt smells like fish. They would think that Mike Hunt smells like fish because he's a fisherman. Oh, they take we, it literally. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I could leave this book. I could read this book to my kids. Maybe I will read this book to my, maybe I will read this um, book to my kids so that like in 15 years, I mean, have you ever go back and watch the old bugs Bundy cartoons? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I was thinking when you, when you made that Simpsons reference, yeah, it's nuts. Recently and be like, wow, I watched this as a kid. Yeah. I I watched Shrek with my kids, but you're too good. I'm like, this is fucking completely inappropriate. And then I'm like, Oh, they have no fucking clue. Not it. They have, they have, they have no clue. There, but but Travis. That being said, there might be some. I mean, there is some shit in here, like I, like this dead babies. I'm not reading this to my kids. We drive by. Listen, it's traumatic. I I feel we drive by a cemetery every day. And my kids are like, there's really dead people. I mean, they want to go. They want to go in there. There's a lot of questions. 
Why do people die? Are they really underground there? Why do we save them? Can they hear you? I mean, it's, they got to let the, the, and that cemetery triggers the fucking, their thoughts going big time. I want to be triggered. I want to be triggered and I want to be used. Wait till they find out about cremation. <laughs> yeah. Why do they burn on? Why do they put them on fire? Let me see. Uh, I got a. Uh, um, uh, mm, I don't understand. JR just texted me. I don't understand the text. Oh, we got to figure out the internet issues. If we're not going to be able to stream the Zello games if we don't have fast internet there. Got to get that fixed. Oh, uh, I'm, oh, I'm trying to schedule to get rich and um, rich and Angelo on. God, so guys, something kind of crazy is about to happen here. I'm going to try to just start doing uh, two a days for like a couple weeks. I'm going to try to get just shitloads of uh, CrossFitters on here in a row. I thought Sevon just had a stroke. No, I was reading. That's what I, that's what I look like when I'm reading text messages. A stroke, motherfucker. I'm a I'm the paragon of health, fitness. All right. Um yeah, more rich. I agree. I agree. It's been a while. Hey, th- that that video that's going around about Matt Fraser everyone's making fun of on the stair stepper. If you watch that whole video, um, or he he he's doing a couplet with that stair stepper, and then and then sitting in the pike position on the ground and doing presses. Mm-hmm. And I've never done that my whole life. Anytime I've ever done shoulder press, I sat in one of those little chairs at the gym. You know what I mean? Right. It like matches the bench. It's like the same padding and shit. So I would support. sit in one. Yeah, for back support. So last night I took while everyone was making fun of that video, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking do that." I didn't. I don't have the Versa climber that he released, but um, I did a uh, assault bike and uh, and then I sat and I got 20 pound dumbbells and I sat in that L position. I thought it would hurt my back, but it didn't. I was actually able to sit like that. Why? Why is everyone? Um, it is just a Versa climber, right? Yeah, it's like a revamped Versa climber. I think it's just it. it it's not the machine people are making fun of. It's just um, the fact that Matt's doing it or, or the fact that it's kind of how it's presented. Like if we saw Matt on a Versa climber, we'd be like, damn, that shit's fucking hard. Like if it was in the, in the corner of a sweaty gym and he was doing the Versa climber, like everyone, yeah, like if he was doing like Versa climber and thrusters, what? I don't like that silver, like whatever. Yeah. The fuck that yeah. Was. Yeah. If he would have, pre- I, I think it's the way it was filmed. So if he was doing that thing, and it was like an in, in, in it was like an infomercial. Look at the the rotation three thousand, and it was like Matt spinning around in three sixties, and it was on it, and it had like you know. I think people would be That's like, "Oh my god, Matt's lost his mind. He's selling cheesy shit." I I don't think that uh, I I really think that people have that misplaced. I mean, the shit people are doing is funny as shit. What Hiller did is fucking hilarious, and what Wad Zombie did is fucking hilarious. But I don't think once again, it's just that the machine. He's branding it like how Mayhem brands their branches of programming. And I think I, that's and and those lights that, and I mean, like, 
those lights in the background and just the yeah. way he was talking while he was doing it, like a jazzercise class. It, it looked it had, so cheesy. Yeah. But I, but I think that he could rework that. Matt, Matt, I want to help you rework that so that it's, um, I want to help the guys kind of redesign that machine. So it looks a little more like rugged that, and, um, because everyone knows the Versa Climber has got to be one of the hardest machines out there. But it just had this For Bowflex sure. feel to it, the way Matt did it. And I'm sure that wasn't his idea. I'm sure someone's like, this is how it sells. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone be cool to Matt. Just chill. Just chill. He's just making money. Well, yeah, but it, it, but I but like like I said, I got something from it. I did those presses. Have you ever sat like that, Caleb? Just on the ground yeah. and done presses? Oh, with no back support? Okay. Well, I'd never do yeah. that. I got that idea from it. It's like, okay. That's cool. Uh, it doesn't matter how difficult it is. People would make fun of uh, anyone on a Versa. I don't know, really? I don't I don't think anyone – Versa Climber is a there, fucking gnarly machine. You don't fuck with people who do that. It's like the rower, but worse. Some guys that like train to climb Everest and shit like that, and their programming is like hours on the Versa Climber. Like – it's no, it's no bullshit, but definitely the way it was presented could have been better. Yeah. Like I've never poo pooed the Versa climb. Oh, here, here, let me, let, let me just show you this real quick. This will be a good example. So do you have to go Caleb? No. Okay. So, so, so here, here, here's the Versa climber in a gym. It's a YouTube video and it just shows, um, killer fitness. So when I actually get on the machine. Yeah. Look at this is more casual. Let's see if we can get him on it. So, in look at in every second counts. John Wellborn has his brother. Really, Caleb, you're fucking up my whole my whole story, <laughs> brother. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Oh my god, Caleb is ruining my bit. Uh, okay. Versus this, Caleb. I'm gonna give Caleb wants to laugh, so I'm gonna give him something to laugh at. I mean, this is. Uh, oh no! Wait, hold on. Let me see where can I go. Uh, is this YouTube? Okay, I'm not fucking doing this bit. Let's see. 30 minutes. Okay, let's see this one. Is that the race car driver, Danica Patrick? Looks like it. Well, okay, fuck this. In 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 every second counts, uh John Wellborn has his brothers do the Versa climber and um and no one made fun of it. So I, I just, I just think that Matt, Matt, um, I think, I think just, it was presented. It was, it would be like having a pink Harley Davidson. It was just weird. He looked like, like Jillian Michaels. I know the poor guy was getting so torn up, but, 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 but he was the guy who used to say he did the Stairmaster and, and people started off making fun of that and they came around to that. I mean, fuck, I really want one. Yeah, to be fair, like firefighters have been using the stairmaster for years. So I mean, maybe just because Matt said that Matt, the big old crossfitter, said he does the stairmaster, everybody thought it was stupid. Did you see Wad Zombie? What he did? <laughs> yes. Fucking crazy. so good. So good. <laughs> so good. I'm gonna have to try to call that number and see what I get. such douchebag what's funny is this phone this um the phone for uh the podcast does not get spam for some reason that was the first time god the guy sounded like such a douche bill collector didn't he 
Yeah, he did. Oh, here. Okay, let's see. Uh, Le- LeBron versus Climber. But but LeBron's listen to LeBron is LeBron's workouts. Okay, go ahead. You call right now and order the HWPO programming. You will get Matt Fraser's fun busting program completely free. Oh, dude! It's the headset. He even Matt even had the headset on. Come on, Maddie. Come on, man. <laughs> so bad. Not the headset. But but here's the thing. LeBron's uh, LeBron's a a douche when it comes to working out. Have you ever seen any of his workout videos where like he's squatting or doing any of that stuff? I mean, it's you can't even believe it's the, that an athlete moves like him. Like you can't believe it's the same guy who plays basketball and does all that crazy shit because he looks horrible in the gym. Yeah, it's like I mean, watching horrible. an Ironman athlete workout. Yes, yes. They're just so stiff and they're not athletic at all. Uh, you can get full extension on a Versa Climber or used to, not the little up and down hand movements, which do look kind of silly. Okay, that's what I was laughing at. So. Whereas the pegboard is kind of like, I, well, not really. Um, Matt is coming after... Billy Banks. <laughs> Is that the Tybo dude? I think so, yeah. He does okay. those like workout videos. Look at look, we got we got uh um uh look at we got uh we got uh, Travis back on track. All right, good. He's all better. He, yeah, yeah, we should good, good, good. He's back on track. All right. All right, guys. Um, who do we have on tomorrow morning? Where's my phone? Oh, I turned my phone off. I can't even see my calendar. Do you do you see who we have on tomorrow morning? Um. Oh, we have Gabe on. Get not. not oh, Gabe. Gabe's yes, awesome. Gabe tomorrow Subri. morning, Gabe Subri. Uh, it's our affiliate show affiliate. from CrossFit uh, two oh nine. And then in the evening. We have uh, Patrick Vellner coming on. I'm trying to get – it's only going to be an hour with Patrick. I'm trying to get someone to come on for an hour before him. Uh, I've sent out some text. I don't want to tell you who. You guys will just make fun of me. And, yeah, so tomorrow is going to be fun. Tomorrow is going to be the beginning of, of some shit that's about to get really busy. Uh, Gabe Subri, Pat Fellner, then a UFC update show. Then we have a, a, a lady coming on named Kim – Decarile, Decaro. She's she's a blind Decaro? CrossFitter. Uh, yeah, I can't figure out how to pronounce the name. Then the next day we have Blade coming on. Uh, that's the police officer uh, here in California. We're going to break down another video, cop video. Um, It says we have Jared Grabiel on, king of online CrossFit, but we don't have Jared coming on. So we had him coming on on Tuesday. It's on the oh, schedule. He's he's not coming on. Oh, I don't know who scheduled that. It's in the calendar. Is that? It's not know. the Zilla games because that one's later on. Yeah, that's that must be a mistake. But then we have Nick Matthew. Then we have Chris Wark, uh, author of. Um, uh, uh, how he cured himself of cancer book. 
Uh, then we have the Rogue Invitational Programming Show. Bryson Gray, the most censored rapper in history. We have cool shit coming up. All right. Yeah, Patty V. Uh, Spiegel, thank you. 1999, as always. Oh, go to vindicate, And get all your CEO gear. You'll be happy. It's fun. It's great shit. I get tons of compliments on it. Caleb, thank you.